Hello everyone and welcome back to the Well-Rounded Nerd Podcast. And it has been such a long time since I've done this and honestly, it's it's I'm way overdue. I'm way overdue for doing this podcast because there's so much to talk about. I'm going to have to spend night after night trying to go back and talk about all the movies from the past like I don't want to say a decade because that just feels too much, but probably the last seven years at least is like when I last dropped an episode. So without any further ado, I want to introduce my co-host. I have Sean Snow with me. Say hi, Sean. What up, guys? Hello. So Mr. Sean here and I are going to talk about some heavy subjects today. And it's it's needless to say that 2022 has and 2021 actually have been huge years for like big stuff you know we had uh zack snyder's justice league Mm -hmm. we had we've had the batman we've had spider-man no way home and then amongst all that have been some like other big stuff happening like in the background i don't know like how much of it you follow but like there's just like tons of stuff out there Man, they've put on a lot of their plate of what they're trying to do. I'm just thinking of, you know, like Kevin Feige's slate, what DC is doing. It's just, there's a lot of content to consume there. It's almost too much. It's like daunting. (laughs) And I'm I'm glad that you said that because I sometimes I'm like, I want to just give people assignments to like watch stuff for me because it's just like, I'm never going to have time to get to it. You know, I should have brought my, you know, to-do list Students come to the teacher, man. You know, I'm so far behind on a lot of the things, but the major ones, I'm ready here to talk about. Yeah, we so. stick around for the, we get to the big stuff, and sure. then uh, you know we have that to talk about. So first off, on our list, we're gonna talk about the big one that just happened. Let's, let's talk about the Batman. Oh. So tip of the hat to that one, in my opinion. But go for it. Man. Were you were you worried before you went and saw it? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people probably listening to this podcast really hoped and wanted that DC would stick to the DCEU and get what we got out of the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they just jumped ship, didn't do it right, tried to force it by coming out with Justice League so quick that you have a proven model with MCU. Why don't you just follow that? Create those one-off, those movies with themselves. They have, you know, start with an Aquaman, start with a Batman, start with a Superman. The first time you introduced Batman was in a team-up movie? Like, that's kind of a risky move because you're 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 playing with fire. You're playing with like big characters, and you just want to just throw him in there, you know. Because by himself, he's a huge character. Right. Is. And then you have you want to just throw him up with Superman. But I mean, I'm a Zack Snyder person, and it worked for me. I mean, do you think it was just arrogance on maybe Zack Snyder's part or DC's part saying, you know what, we have the two biggest characters, screw Iron Man, screw Captain America, we have Superman and Batman, this will not fail. Do you think it was just straight up arrogance? No, I think it was a more of a mixture of both. I think it was Zack Snyder had a vision of like what he wanted to do and how he wanted to introduce things, and it may not have vibed with everybody, and the studio probably loved it. And the studio is like, just do that. You know, just do, do that, and then when he had his original vision... He had to cut it down, and that's where I think it, it caught him. It probably caught Zach by surprise that like his vision had to be cut short because they did the theatrical of Batman v Superman, and then they did the the Ultimate Edition, right? Which was so much better. Which was way better. So much better. But even so, if they had, I don't know why these studios have to fight about whose model's better. 
they could have copied each other, and no one really would have given two craps about it. No, and everybody would be happy. Everybody right? would be happy. Like the whole argument is DC versus Marvel. There's that's that's a misnomer. Everybody on this podcast probably knows that. DC wants Marvel to do well. Marvel wants DC to do well. If oh, those, yeah. those movies are doing well at the box office, anyone across the board is going to do well. The undertext is there that they they, they kind of support each other. You know, they, they cheer each other on. You know, Kevin Feige's, you know, cheering on Matt Reeves for his work on the Batman or mm-hmm. for Zack Snyder and, and vice versa, you know. And then you have people like, who was that uh, famous director that hates Marvel movies? Was it like... Marcus uh, Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese. You and know. Quentin Tarantino. And Tarantino. They both have their their quips about it but you know outside of that it's it's interesting to me that they're kind of keeping the dceu but they're kind of also like throwing it away and then they're doing other stuff yeah i mean what do you (laughs) you saw the joker sure love the joker oh such a good movie one off i don't think todd phillips wants to do another one fantastic movie but they're tying their boat they're tying their boat they're hitching their wagon that's the phrase to aquaman and wonder woman Mm mm-hmm Okay, not Superman, not Batman. Those are your staples. I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Henry Cavill, okay, everybody has their opinions of Batman and Steel, right? Sure. But that's undoubtedly still one of my favorites. I can watch that any day of the week. It is so good. It's so beautiful. It's so cinematic. I mean, the criticism, obviously, the construct, the the total destruction of Metropolis at the end of the movie. Okay, I got a little tired on. But what I really loved is that they addressed it in Batman vs Superman. Oh yeah, like it was a pivotal part of it. I'm like, okay, you addressed it. You realized, okay, that was a complaint. It wasn't just a throwaway moment. There's a purpose to everything that happened. You know, there's always two sides of the of the story. And then like, Mm -hmm. you know, Zack Snyder's like, well, I'm gonna. He he must have known he was doing Batman vs Superman at the time because he's like, well, I'm going to. Tell that part of the story in Batman. Did he Superman. though? Did he like? I, I don't know. I, I remember the that he did. watching a, a interview with him saying like he was talking to uh, Ben, and it was pretty much evolving. Like, you know, Man of Steel came out 2013, a year removed from The Dark Knight Rises. They're going to be like, you know what? We Avengers just came out. We got to catch up. We got to start our own DCEU. They started with Superman. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. Good choice to do it. Mixed reviews. Made enough money to keep going, but they just wanted to tie their coattails to, like, we got to get Batman. We got to get Superman. We cannot fail with all three. And the original cut of Batman for Superman. I don't know your opinion on it. I enjoyed it for what it was worth. It's watchable, but it's... There were some glaring problems. Yeah, but it's like, we watch it and we know there's gaps in everything. It's like, this is an incomplete story. You haven't Mm -hmm. told everything that's going on. And, you know, that you know there's something bigger going on. Where the average viewer goes in there and they're like, okay. Right. Where we go in there, we're like, oh, he's not telling his full story. So there's more to it than that. And it's probably better than this. And that person is most likely not going to go watch that Ultimate Edition to, probably to see how much better it could be. Even though it, it reviewed so much better. You know, it was like 20, 30% better. Is, is that what the Ultimate? I think it was. Oh, Batman vs. Superman. It was like 29% on Rotten oh, Tomatoes. It was so bad. And I, I, I get the... But as like fanboys, we're like, well, we just want to see Batman and Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, it was awesome. It was That's great. why people who fight over who the best Batman is kind of annoy me when they're like, oh, this person's going to be terrible as Batman. I'm like, no, no. What you don't understand is that the director chose this person for a reason mm-hmm. because that person fits the role of their, their story. 
So when I look at Ben Affleck, I'm like, he fits this world absolutely perfectly. Like it, it was tailor made for him. He's for his jumping character. off the Dark Knight Rises pages as no. that Batman. Oh yeah, completely. And I absolutely love him. He's Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight Returns. That was Dark Knight Returns. Sorry. Yes. So technically, like. Ben Affleck, I would still say, is probably my favorite Batman. Next, really? Next to Pattinson, actually. Whoa! I, I let's have, talk I, about that. No, I have no Clooney? Things. No Clooney? I'm sorry. <laughs> no Clooney. <laughs> Goddamn Schumacher ruined everything. <laughs> Seriously? He, he didn't ruin everything. He he started out okay with Val Kilmer. Like, Bat that's, nipples that's not, and butts that ruined everything. That, that did ruin it. But yeah. it's that's, they're not... like Batman Forever is not the worst Batman movie ever. No. No. Batman and Robin, obviously, is because it was just a, a mad... <laughs> Dash to sell toys. That's oh. really what it was about. And I bought the. Oh, Batmobile. I certainly did too. Yeah, yes, they I got did. me. They got I, my money. Yeah, they nabbed me. They yeah. got me. I had I had all those toys, and you know. But that's an interesting point you bring up about like the vision of whether it's the filmmaker or the producer. But did you watch the documentary? I don't know if it was on Amazon or Hulu or whatever the Val Kilmer one. Was it Val? Was it the movie? It's called Val. I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? It's really good. And there's the portion about when he's talking about that he got cast for Batman Forever. He didn't even read the script. You know, he was the hottest <laughs> thing in Hollywood. He was, yes. Yeah. And he didn't even read the script and they offered it to him. And so I guess they saw, you know, they saw Iceman and Top Gun. That was the first, you know, they, that is the image of Bruce Wayne right there. A blonde Bruce, which is, you know, very interesting right there. Interesting take, yes. But was it? Was it Schumacher? Joel Schumacher as the... Did he direct it or was just he... He did both Batman Forever. He directed both Batman Forever and he directed Batman Forever. Yeah. Just his whole, like, let's go back to Adam West camp. Uh, Yeah. Well, he should have... If he was going to continue, he should have stayed right on Batman Forever. And then it just went way off with Batman and Robin. You think it was was was, camp enough in Batman Forever, you think? It was less enough camp that it made it work, basically. I don't know. Basically. Jim Carrey running around in that green suit, that was pretty campy. It was. Okay, I give it to you there. That was pretty campy, as was Tommy Lee Jones. And Tommy Lee Jones. His his outfit was outrageous, too. Two-Face is not, like, maniacally laughing in his self-aggrandizing jokes. Like, that's not Two-Face. No, it's not. He's not that that wily. He's just more dark but controlled. Larger controlled. And I think to Batman Forever and even... Batman and Robin. I didn't think we were going to be talking about this today, but it was more of a cash grab. And I think Val Kilmer was so hot. Jim Carrey was coming off Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura. Tommy Lee Jones just won an award for The Fugitive. Like that was just like we need to get names. We want to see what happens. Stardom to be in the film. Yeah. And that was a mistake. They didn't focus on the story. Obviously, WB. They did you like? I mean, Batman nineteen eighty nine was great. I even like Batman Returns. Which a lot of people thought was too dark. You know, Tim Burton's classic, too dark, and WB's like, we want to get away from this. I didn't feel like it was any darker than the Batman 1989. I yeah. thought they were roughly the same. I don't know. When Penguin bites that guy's finger off, that was... That as, was as, as a kid, you know. Oh, like, as a kid, you're like, <gasps> Mom, should I be watching this? But as like an adult, you're like, okay, okay, I get it. But maybe that was their, like, WB's thinking, early 90s, we're showing this to kids? I don't know. I grew up with, you know, things like Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I... Uh, is that Kurt Russell? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's, that's like a, my, that's my movie. It, yeah. I saw that. 
in high school, I think, or maybe early 20s. But no, I didn't see that as a kid growing up. That was like my movie growing really? up. Really? I was like, I could watch that any day, any time, and I'm, I'm happy. You know, it was like, I'd probably watch that once a week. Really? Probably like once a week or at least once a month for, for as long as I can remember because it was just something we had and I loved it. Interesting. This is because it's like just a big tough guy. Yeah. You know, big tough guy doing crazy things that he has no business being in. This is just my movie. Anyway. And they had the, the Raiden character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I they had the three storms. Name. They had the three storms. Yeah. Um, so. We got off topic there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about the uh, director has this vision of choosing the Batman. And you said the visions that you saw. You have Affleck and Pattinson. They're kind of neck One and, and two or one A, one B. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of one A, one B. They're kind of. They're. they're it's hard to like be. It's hard to be like to, to, to be giving to one or the other because Affleck, we've seen him at least three times in several movies. You know, we, he was in Batman v Superman, then he was in Justice League, and then he made appearances in Suicide, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide, yeah su- the Suicide Squad. I think that was it. Yeah, but I mean, he's but he's, give it up, Deadshot, not in front of your daughter. That was the extent of his movie. Of yeah, his basically, right? he jumps on Joker's car and and stuff like that. Well, I guess he does appear at the end as Bruce Wayne, um, and gets the thing from Viola Davis or right. Amanda Waller. Yeah, so I mean, he has he's been around a bit more, and then um, Pattinson. We've only got one of him, but we got like three solid straight hours of him. I want to talk about running time. So let's, let's start there then. Uh, so we talked about like how you felt about going in and watching the Batman. I mean, as a fanboy, I'm super excited. I'm going to watch it. I didn't have my reservations about Robert Pattinson when he was announced. <laughs> Hell, I even liked Twilight. <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed I, to say that too. I, I was know, like, I mean, there's some cheesiness to it, but like you could tell. I've seen worse things. I've seen worse. <laughs> not things. much. Not but much. Like, but yes. But he he gave it his darnness. He leaned into it, and there's some comical moments. I don't know if you're a fan of. You ever heard of Mystery Science Theater 3000? Oh, dude, I've I've or listened riff to riff tracks. Yes, yeah. the riff tracks of that of the, the first riff tracks of Twilight so is some of the best. Anyway, and exactly. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm talk gonna about eat this later. whole bag of yeah. pizza rolls. You'll see how vicious. I can be. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so funny. Little spider monkey, that quote was just (laughs) so good. I didn't have my reservations with him though because I saw a little bit of good time and people keep referring to that. Or did you see Tenet? I didn't see Tenet. Oh my gosh, he's so good in Tenet. Yeah, I didn't see Tenet. Fantastic. And he's a Brit. And, you know, they're trained better than us. I hate to admit it as American, but it's it hurts me a little bit seeing Superman, the iconic superhero character and Batman the most famous character played by Brits and and Spider-Man in there too but yeah but they're so good at playing Americans they're good and I'll ask you that later do you think I don't know I think the Brits have it man does Henry Cavill give a better American accent than let's say Robert Downey Jr. did as Sherlock Holmes Man, that is that is such a that I wasn't expecting that's a that good of a, that a question, good, good right question. there. Because <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s like Sherlock Holmes accent is fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. And then Henry Cavill is very good at playing. He's very good at playing an American. But you could look at him, and if someone said, "I think that guy's a Brit," you'd be like, "Oh yeah, obviously he's a, he's yeah. a total, he's a Brit. You can see it. You can just see it." But 
I think actually Robert Downey Jr.'s British yeah, accent's maybe? a bit, bit, bit better than... Maybe there's better training there. And I, like, I didn't see the... What is it called? The Messengers? The one with Tom Holland, his breakout role. But like, I didn't know Tom Holland was a Brit at first when I first saw the trailer. I had to like look at... This guy's a Brit? Like, holy crap. Anyway, I'm getting tangent here of, you know... Our main characters are being played by a Brit. Did I have any reservation that a Brit was playing Batman again? Maybe a little pride to me. It's like, ah, oh, man, come on. Why couldn't have been? I don't know who I was. I thought Army Hammer back in the day would have been a good choice. And back when George Miller had the idea for the for the Justice That's right. League, yeah, I thought. He, I mean, he is six four. He is. He's tall. a big. He's a big brute. He's a big brute. But with that recent sexual allegations, it's probably yeah. not a good idea. I thought he would have been. He had a big future in front of him. Um, so I didn't have my reservations there. Matt Reeves, are you kidding me? Cloverfield, great movie. War of the Planet of the Planet Apes. Of the Apes films, yeah. Sorry, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is number two. And he did War. So, I mean... He's, he's got the experience in the bag. Ah, it was so good. It was so good. War of the Planet of the Apes, people thought was a little disappointing. Didn't perform well as the Dawn. Dawn was better. But War was just as cerebral, just as good, in my opinion. And I... I was excited when I heard, okay, Ben Affleck's not directing the Batman. A little bummed about that because I like the town. I know I love the town. Or have you seen The Accountant? The Accountant. Oh, that one's good too. So good. And so I was like, okay, he knows how to do gritty crime. And I think Affleck in this role would have been just as good. I think I still think there's hope for it. I still think there's hope that he's sticking around for Batman if they call him. Well, he's appearing in the he's Flash, in the Flash right? yeah. yeah. He's already, you know, we've th- that's been confirmed over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think the door's still open. And I think he's in a place in his life, actually, where he's he's probably like, yeah, I, I could do it if they ask me to do what, it. What makes you it. think? I just think based on his whole life choices, like, he's back together with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> right. And they're like, he's like trying to like mellow his life out. He had like a little midlife crisis <laughs> with Anna de Armas, and then did they actually date? Yeah, they dated for real skis after know. that little deep water movie. And well, filming? that was, I think. I mean, that's released after I think they they broke up. Obviously. Oh, that must have been so awkward. So that would have been like super freaking awkward. Doing sex things with your ex girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. That's. I, I honestly hope they filmed that while they were dating and then they just did. it's all been post-production <laughs> right, right. it's all been post-production that would, yeah so COVID post that back but so I still think the door's open for him if he wants to come back and do it and I think there's a chance that he'll eventually get around to playing the Batman again and doing his Deathstroke Arkham story oh that'd be great oh my gosh Assault on Arkham oh man that'd be amazing yeah to watch him to watch him do it and I'd be happy to see it do you so, think they bring back Joe Manganiello? Oh, yeah, I can never pronounce that. Joe right. Manganiello. Manganiello. Yeah, he's. I think. I mean, he's totally game. He's always said, "I'll, oh, I'll come back. I'll come back and do for it for sure." If I'm asked, the dude plays like D and D and Magic the Gathering. Like he's. There's characters that are always in superhero films all the time, and it's like obvious who who loves to do it. Like you know who Neil McDonough is. Neil McDonough. Who does he play? He was in Arrow season, was it four or five? Blonde hair. He's the villain. He uses, like, magic. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, anyway, he's um, 
He's Damien Dark. You ever heard of the character Damien no. Dark? Okay. So he's like done a ton of like either voiceovers for superheroes and stuff like that. There, there's characters that I swear in everything that are always doing stuff. Like Mark Hamill. He does yeah. like stuff all the time that's either DC or Marvel. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. So yeah, I mean, I had my reservations too about how the movie would play out, but I was pretty sure it was going to be a hit. Mostly, really? Mostly because... I don't know. Because I saw the three-hour runtime, and I was like, Matt Reeves is trying to tell a complete story. He's basing it off The Long Halloween, mm-hmm. which is a very gritty crime story. And just looking at some of the cinematography and the picture work, I'm like, if he's going to maintain this tone the whole time, I think I'm probably going to be happy. So I had high expectations going in, and when I watched it the first time start to finish I think I was just so stunned at what I had watched because there wasn't actually any lulls Mm -hmm. like actual lulls in the film that I was like whoa that was a whole story (laughs) I just took a breath you know I took one breath I watched the whole thing and then it was like three hours went by and I was like wow that was just I mean it was a little long winded but that didn't stop me at all from liking what I was watching yeah I mean Going back to the runtime, I was surprised when I saw that two hours and 49 minutes or... 255. Is that what it is? 255? I actually was a little hurt, and I wanted to talk to you about this. Okay. Hurt. I don't know if I should say that. (laughs) I'm hurt. But, like, I loved Ben Affleck's portrayal. I thought he was a new take on Batman, the old, almost retiring Dark Knight Returns um, Tim Miller comic. And I was like, I want to see more of that. I wanted to see a noir-driven... Ben Affleck Batman and the fact that they were just jumping ship from you know what they don't want to do Henry Cavill I think Henry Cavill I have a man crush on Henry Cavill I think he needs to continue that guy's like the coolest guy in existence I know the guy plays video games D&D he's such a nerd himself and then he's like this huge fitness nut yeah it's like what more what more do you need from a guy like that like he's even got to the point where like he casted as Superman so he's like I'm gonna become a Kansas City Chiefs football fan because Superman's because yeah exactly like who does that but it was so cool. So I was kind of like, why are they doing this? Why are they following the transcript or the 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 layout that MCU has done and just follow that? Why are they? I mean, okay, we can talk about the bad Justice League, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, they didn't make money. But when they had, I don't know. I think they Joker kind of threw a wrench in it because oh, they can do something completely separate, and that movie made over a billion dollars. Yeah, they did. Aquaman made over a billion dollars so they're constantly being redirected in it. and I was fine if you know the face of your DCE wanted to be Wonder Woman that's great she's usually at the head of the Justice League yeah. to begin with and go for that but then 1984 came out and I, I, I thought it was a terrible movie it's not my favorite it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad movie it's watchable at best but what? it was not amazing I was like you're just trying to do a lot of fan service the whole time without giving me like a really really solid story like you didn't actually have like a real villain it wasn't until, a story and the antagonist yeah you didn't really no have villain. a villain until the end until the and that wasn't much and of it a villain. wasn't much of a villain yeah you talked a lot of characters you talk a lot of magic you try and do a lot of fan service you have the whole invisible jet thing you have the whole cheetah thing and then you have just a bunch of stuff and i just felt like it like went like in a weird direction to say the least. That, say that's the putting least. it nice. It went in a weird direction. You could have done a lot more. You could have done a lot better, I yeah. think. I mean, the first one was absolutely fabulous. Amazing. 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 And he's just kind of 
we're going to do something different. And Patty Jenkins just dropped the ball. I don't know if she had too much creativity, creative liberty or something like that. But anyway, my point is, like, all these movies, mixed reviews, you know, MCU is one hit after another. Even if it's somewhat bad reviews, they do well enough to keep it going. And so I wanted to see the DCEU continue. And since they blew it up and they kind of now have this freedom to do whatever they want. Some people think that's a positive some people that's a negative but the fact that they were willing to let's just completely have something separate this isn't a separate universe we're going to do batman with robert pattinson and then when i saw that runtime of two hours and 55 minutes i was i was genuinely upset because i don't know if you remember this but when walter hamada took over as dceu kevin feige like position yeah. or executive producer on all those films he came over from you know he had just been producing the conjuring annabelle mm-hmm. all those kind of scary movies with tiny budgets that do well because yeah. it's a penny to create and people like scary movies and so his first order of business when he showed up was like do you remember this we need a two-hour running time oh yeah yeah we need a two-hour running time and i'm gonna cut this joss whedon Excuse me, the Zack Snyder cut to two hours and then the whole travesty with his daughter being drowned using as a front to just try to get him out, which I thought was shady at best. is just a joke. So they used that tragedy to get him out and get Joss in there to marvel it up, which... It worked at Marvel, but it, I mean, there was a three or four movies established that's not the tone. We we could beat that to a dead horse. But when he when Walter Mata said we need two hours and he was rigid on that, I was just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then you green light a three hour the Batman movie. Like yeah, you are, it feels a bit two faced, you know. Like yeah, I'm am f- fine with a three hour Batman movie. I'm fine with that. But the fact that they didn't allow that didn't allow. Uh, Justice League to be what it was originally supposed to be. Just I was like, what? Are you just thinking about the shareholders? Were you a lie? That whole like, oh, people or executives stood up and applauded when they first saw that. That was a bunch of crap. Yeah, well, I think we all know that. Yeah, because we could. The proof is in the pudding of what happened. Obviously, you're not going to release a four-hour movie. But no. I and we might be touching on this later, but I think Zack Snyder's cut, the Justice League Snyder cut. Could have been boiled down to three hours. You could have done three hours, but I think you have missed out on some of the artistry that he he like really wanted to fine tune in there. Like I I think you probably could have done fine with three hours, but I honestly just absolutely love the fact that it was like a four hour masterpiece. Yeah, it but, was like listening to like a Beethoven <laughs> sonata. You know, there were some time, moments. You know? Don't get me wrong, I love the movie, but there were some moments where I was like, you could have cut that out. The three Icelandic women singing yeah. for about three or four minutes after he swam away like and cut <laughs> or, right right or um, Aquaman going from the pub to the dock to swim out all in super slow motion we know you like to film in slow motion Zach but cut we get it some of it yeah felt a little like like it was he was like glad handing himself like oh I because I have it, I can, mm-hmm. you know, put it in there if he if he wants to, you know, I want to leave that in there or whatever. But, but. maybe it should have been something like Peter Jackson's uh, extended cut, where the three after release, but he intended on releasing on the Blu-ray later that you know, right. this is the extended version or something, mm-hmm. like that. something like that. I don't know. So when I saw the Batman's running time of three hours, I just was like Walter Mata. 
That guy. That guy. That guy. Trying to run a DCEU like a horror project production company or whatever. But like you, right from the get-go, right from that voyeuristic view of the Riddler watching that kid, I was like, this is a different kind of movie. This is... The breathing, the the Ave Maria creepy overturn. I love that they use that song and that it plays a role in the film by yeah. itself. Just like it appears, time. how many more times? It's like, like it's three or funeral. four more times. Yeah, the funeral and when he's in the in the jail cell. Oh, they played it again. Well, he sings it. The Riddler sings oh, it. Oh, that's right. He, he starts singing it, it like he's he's, his... he's taunting the Batman because oh, he's singing it, gosh. and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was well done. And so, I mean, right from the get-go, and and when it flickers with the light and he's just there, my wife like, oh! <laughs> she grabbed my arm. And I was like, I was like, all right, we're into this, man. This is good. And just we're off and running. Like, that is a noir. That is Batman. He's the greatest detective. Maybe not in that movie, but you can see elements... He's just like what? What did they say? Oh, this I felt Batman. like he was a total detective the entire time. Like I but felt like he was more a detective than he was Batman sometimes. Oh, absolutely. So sorry, I should rephrase that. Like you could tell that he had room to improve. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You because can tell this is like proto. A lot of this is proto. Like full time. I've, I've I know exactly how I do my business, mm-hmm. and you know I I'm I'm doing it right now. You know. Like the whole wingsuit, I was like, you can tell he's like, this is kind of untested. Yeah, I, I've only done this one other time, and I am not confident about how this is gonna work. If that really happened, that dude is dead. Like, go tra- oh, that dude is dead. <laughs> Traveling on a wingsuit at that speed, oh, they're dead, man. I'm sorry, we didn't. I didn't put out a spoiler alert. If oh this is my a, gosh! If this is a spoiler alert for anybody. I apologize. So, oh, you just, that's rule one hundred one. So, actually, film we're gonna we're gonna back up a little bit, and we're just gonna go top level ratings for the Batman and how we're going to scale it and then we'll go into spoilers okay. Okay. so for me uh, my first time watching I, w- I think I was a bit stunned and shocked by how like much I actually liked it but it took me like an- watching it a second time to be like yes I'm absolutely sure this is like probably like one of my absolute all time favorite Batman mm. films because I didn't get a full Ben Affleck Batman film, so I can't really count him as being like my favorite Batman of all time, just because I didn't get something that was just his. Doesn't mean necessarily. The criteria. No, I get it. And then, you know, I went back and I watched Nolan trilogy, and I was like, I used to feel so fulfilled by that trilogy, and I <laughs> and I feel so cheated now because really? everything that I got out of this film, in 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 a lot of ways, just outdid some of what what he did not because of Christopher Nolan but because of how they put Batman together in those films everything else around Batman I felt was perfect but when I watch when I watch Pattinson in the bat suit I'm like he's everything that I would have wanted he's just proto right now and I can't wait to see what he becomes in the next oh, film yeah. because I really like what he is now and I can't even wait to see what he gets to next so you know as far as like a Batman film being the Batman, it's not like this is a Bruce Wayne Batman film. This is mostly a Batman film. Oh, for sure. And you we'll know, talk about that. You know, you know, I have to give this like a... What's your rating? Are we going out of 10? It's, it's out of 10. It has to be like a 9 out of 10. Really? This has to be like a 9 out of 10. There are only a few things that bring it down to a, bring it down to a 9. And we can t- get to that later. For sure. So if I'm lining it up against... 
I'm gonna I'm gonna count out Ben Affleck as far as full Batman films. So if, working okay. on what we have. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Reflecting on the Batmans that I've seen, we're just talking about live action, right? Yeah. Live action. Um, and Ben Affleck is. I I would be with you prior to seeing this. I would have him as playing the character of Batman. And what I really love, especially The Dark Knight Returns, that comic book was so, so, so good. And he plays it to a T. To me, that was like, as Batman, he's good. But as an overall story and a depiction of Gotham, Batman, and his rogues gallery, The Dark Knight is still, in my opinion, number one. Um, Does that make Christian Bale number one Batman? No. No, but like you said, he meets the criteria of having his own solo films and everything like that. But so I would still probably have Dark Knight as not only one of my favorite superhero movies. It is my favorite superhero movie, but it's one of my favorite movies altogether. And I'd put that around, you know, 9.5. But this one, I would say eight and a half. I would say eight and a half. There were some qualms I had with it that we'll get in the spoilers that I was like... Okay, it made me feel a little bit uneasy, and I don't want to give up too much, but still eight and a half. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a that's great a score. That's a good score. Mm-hmm. You know, people would kill for that on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> people would kill for that. You know, people would kill for less. I I would agree with that, and like when I watch The Dark Knight, yes, it's, it's definitely like one of my tops, mm-hmm. because everything about that story in that movie was so well put together and so well done. And if I, if I have to give up my qualm about why it's not higher and why it's not better mostly it has a lot to do with batman and his fighting it's that like i don't feel like i ever get really good fighting out of any of the christian bell movies i feel like so much of his is, is in shadow and i can't i can't get my fill of a fist colliding with a face or you feel his, it in his this skill. movie and you feel it when in i watch batman. ben affleck and when i watch pattinson i get oh everything gosh. i ever wanted i'm not even kidding at least once every two weeks i watch the warehousing just oh, because just because yes because it's like i'm like having a superhero gasm i you like feel that i'm like he knows exactly that's a good what he's point doing. i never thought of that see, christian bale moment of like fighting though you feel see, it see i'm just shattering your, you your glass right now because see, you go back and you watch those and you're I'm like thinking oh, about it. oh i feel cheated now what i feel is, sick what, what would you say the best fighting scene is of christian bale's like raza ghoul batman begins see that's what i have to say it's close or just a lot of the things that he did in the dark knight actually work out okay but everything after that like when if you go and you watch dark knight rises and you watch the fight you're like oh he's kind of pathetic he's just kind of yeah like not just against bane but it's just like in general you're like he just feels kind of wimpy now (laughs) i remember that rooftop scene with Catwoman and I remember someone broke down the scene but you'd like take a look at the extras in the back there's like just, nothing they're just like on. acting like oh I'm gonna get hit oh and they're just it's almost ridiculous or whatever and so that's interesting that you bring that up because yeah I don't feel that fight or that punch or I don't feel like he's in that Christian. fight he that's a good point he doesn't he's not like hurting anybody you know it's like I mean he punches Bane's mask so it's broken he, he does that you feel a little bit there I did get a little bit there but like but, I, I can't hold him in the same regard like I yeah. used to because when I used to I used to just kind of glaze over it I you mean know? I couldn't hold a candle to who the hell are you supposed to be oh I'm vengeance yeah I'm just, vengeance yeah you're like Alright, this is a different Batman movie. Yeah, not to mention, like, 
I, I hate to be so nitpicky, but it's like that's what we do, I, man. That's I, what we do. As nerds, like I just watch it and I watch. Christian Bale's mouth is like open the entire time he's fighting and I watch like Pattinson and I'm like the guy's mouth is closed he's breathing through his nose you know <laughs> he is he's in control nothing about this thing scares him nothing about this fight scares and him and he as mentions Batman. that no, I don't want to do he's like he's like fearless. He's not afraid to die. No, he's not afraid. To no, die. not even a little bit. Yeah, he's fearless, absolutely fearless. He's in control. Like he trusts his gear, he trusts his skills, and if he dies, he dies. Right. And sometimes I like I look back and I'm like, everything else about the Dark Knight was perfect. It's just I couldn't. I couldn't feel like he actually could throw a punch or fight. Now, a lot of the things he did, like when he's saving people inside that warehouse where the Joker is near the end of the film, mm-hmm. he does some excellent work there. You know, he's going up, he's going down, he's 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 saving people, he's using gadgets all at once, he's doing a lot of stuff, and I'm like, yeah, he's definitely Batmaning around, and he's doing his stuff. And then I, but then I watch Ben Affleck, and I'm like, the guy is all there. It is all him. Can't hold a candle. I, you can't. And it's like he's unarmored. He's 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 in a suit. He's he's all about. I'm just going to be quick, and I smash somebody's face, and I get to the I get to the yeah. meat of it. And he just, I mean, he's been, he's been doing it for 20 years. He knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. And I think Pattinson was a good combination. Oh, we're not in spoilers yet. Let's go to spoilers. So we're gonna we're going to, we're going to spoilers. You were eight okay. and a half. I'm at a nine. Mm-hmm. So, I I think we can both say that the film's a winner. Oh, for sure. So the film's a, a definite winner. A it's definite. Not a, it's winner. not a flop. Not a flop. So, so now we're in spoiler territory. So if you don't if you don't want to hear any spoilers, you you can fast forward. I don't know how long, but whatever. <laughs> so so, yeah, his everything about his Batman like just just made me happy. I don't know. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised. You know, his grappling guns is a part of his his gauntlet. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a little surprising. I honestly expected it to be an actual, like, gun attached to his belt, as most of them are. But I actually kind of liked it. In fact, he has two of them. Because near the end of the film, you see him shoot two of them into guys, and he wraps them around the, mm-hmm. the catwalk. So yeah. I was like, whoa, that's, that's pretty badass. And it makes sense. And it makes sense. It almost has the look of, like, almost Black Widow with the... Right. You know... And I think that would make more sense than just having a clunky utility belt. So either, like, his grappling gun and, like, the canisters are part of his grappling guns or they're part of the tasers that he uses on a guy. Oh, that was so cool. It was so cool. So, so cool. But he's, like, he really knows his gear well. I mean, how many things did we see him pull out of his stuff? Like, Who knew there was a wingsuit in his suit? Yeah, exactly. And a parachute. There was, yeah, a little safety parachute. There's a safety parachute. He has carries flares. He carries like a flare. Mm-hmm. He carries a, a black light. I mean, how cool is that? That his battering is a is, is a tactical, chest piece. Yeah, is exactly. It's like a tactical knife that or, or whatever. So cool. And and his his armor's completely bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't stop him from getting the wind knocked out of him, obviously. Yeah, I mean, when you have a twelve gauge shotgun, you know, double barrel, whatever. Like, I felt like. Going back to what you're saying, and I want to hit the the armor a little bit, but I thought Pattinson was a good combination of Bale and Ben Affleck. I don't know how you feel about Ben Affleck's Batman of disregard for life. A lot of people were upset about, well, Batman doesn't use guns. Batman doesn't kill people. Bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit. (laughs) Because, like, you never know when you punch somebody hard enough that their neck just snaps. Right. It was like, at a certain point, he's been in Gotham and doing this so long, that's going to become you. 
There's no way you stay that clean that long. I mean, at first, maybe he tried, but he... And you see that with Pattinson, right? Yeah. Because at the end with Selena, he's like, grabs the gun, don't use guns, this is not... And then even when they're going into the insane asylum... Not the same asylum, excuse me, the orphanage, and Jim Gordon has his guns like... That's your thing. That's your thing, right? And so he's still kind of like, of the code, I don't use guns, I'm not going to kill people. Well, you sure beat the crap out of people that they might be in the hospital for a long time. So he has that balance of, I'm not using guns like Christian Bale, but the fierce and veracity of, and pure physical violence of hand-to-hand combat with Ben Affleck. And I thought well, that was great. She was also just going to shoot someone in, almost in cold blood. Yeah, that was yeah. murder. It was, it was, it was <laughs> a straight-up murder. You know, he's like, if, he, if I beat somebody up and they... By you know, by happenstance, they they end up dying. I mean, I don't think he's going to feel bad about that because mm-hmm. it's like he did the best that he could in whatever situation he was in. But like, I like what you said though. You know, he he has that cleanness about his personality. Like his morality hasn't hasn't changed at all. You know, he's still fresh there. So he's trying to maintain that. You know, don't go down that path. You're 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 clean. Don't don't do that to yourself. You don't have. Well, the line was. You can make him pay, but you don't have to pay with him. Oh, that's good. You know, that's good I was writing like, right there. I was like, damn, that was real good. That's he good, right? Got yeah. me. He got me. <laughs> he got me. Oh man, but he's not to the point where Ben Affleck's been doing it, fighting clowns for twenty years or whatever that line was. But we did get a hint of it. I'm sure you watched that three minute. Did you watch deleted that scene? That deleted scene with Barry Hugan. How do you say it? Keoghan. Keoghan. Um. I was on the way over here. I was listening to, uh, I don't know if I can say the name, but Film Theory. Have you ever watched that guy? No. Oh, he's great. And he he, before, he dropped the video like the day that the movie was released. But the day the movie was released, there was an interview with Matt Reeves saying, well, it is who you think it is. But he was theorizing that it's going to be, it was Hush, you know, Thomas Elliott. Uh-huh. And he proves all these points and... You know, it would be interesting if it was, because I think Hush is a pretty cool character, right? <laughs> it's a good story. A very good story. Um, and very noir-driven. But with the fact that Matt Reese says, no, it's, it's the no, Joker. It's the Joker. Um, you know, the same following the same pattern as Christopher Nolan, you tease him at the end and you bring him in the second movie. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I didn't see Eternals. I mean, as much as I talk about MCU and I love it, like having kids, I've kind of taken a backseat to 2021. Here's here's what I think. And so he was like, a, like he's part of the crew, but he's yeah. spoilers. He's like the villain part of it too, along with uh, Icarus or something like that, right? No, he's he, he not necessarily a villain, but he just kind of like he cares less about the main points of of the of what they're about, mm-hmm. and he kind of just leaves for a while, and then he's like, you know what, I'll help, I'll come back. And so did he do a good job? Good. He, Oh, he's like, a, I don't he's know a, him he's as a great actor. actor. He's a great actor. He did really, really well, but... I just know him from Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in Dunkirk, and boy, that movie, man. Anything Christopher Nolan does. Anything, yeah. anything. Um, yeah, he's, he was fantastic, and I enjoyed his take on the Joker, like, that we saw. I was, just just the, the three-minute clip. Just that. Was, and the little interaction with the Riddler at the end. Oh, that was plenty, you know. He feels like the right kind of Joker for the film. Like he was, oh, yeah. he was dark. He was picked for that reason, you know, with mm-hmm. with purpose, and I and I enjoyed that about him. But as far as like what you said about the other Marvel movies, I feel like I'm at the point where I've watched all of the Infinity Saga, and it's like I don't know that you're gonna be able to 
build anything after that that's going to compare to it. No. In size and scope and everything. It's a, it's an impossible task to undertake. Like, I love Shang-Chi. I thought it was awesome. Really? I thought it was really fun. And it was a really good movie. And it has great rewatchability. And um, Eternals, it was fine. But I wouldn't watch it again because I just felt like... It, it, it just didn't do anything for me. I didn't yeah. care. I didn't care. It didn't have anybody I really cared about in it. So I thought it was kind of garbage. Yeah. But anyway, I... I so I, did the public yeah. audience. The yeah, yeah. audience. Everybody else thought that too. But, but we digress. We're not here to talk about Eternals. Um, but going back to the Batman and spoilers and just kind of who he is. And I wanted to ask you this. One big qualm, nerd alert. Okay. What a... What a pulled out my dictionary for that is I didn't I not that I didn't like but I just thought it could have been proved a lot better is uh, the character of Bruce Wayne yeah that that is the one thing I, I I'll agree with you on is like there's a lot of Bruce Wayne missing because I mean there's obviously a purpose behind it because this is a Batman detective story they're not mm-hmm. going to talk a lot about Bruce Wayne but I think there's also a purpose in it and that purpose becomes clear near the end of the film because he's like, I can't save the city just by being Batman. I can't do it yeah. only being Batman. I have to bring the city hope. And I, I think that's supposed to lead into him. I hope so. Him like, okay, I have to use I have to use Wayne Enterprises and I have to use my resources to do good things outside of Batman, complementary to what I'm doing. I hope that that's the the area that they're going for. It's like my interpretation of how I feel where it's going. And I can't wait to see if if that is going to be the Joker's main thing and just tearing his whole public image down. Everything that he's trying to do down piece by piece. That would be a pretty cool setup. Yeah. I mean, the Joker and the other one does it too, to an extent, in, in uh, in the Nolan trilogy. I'm trying to remember. You know, he just... He just pulls all these strings out everywhere. He's just causing complete chaos. I mean, yeah, I guess mostly it's focused on Dent, but... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, I get your point. But my going back to Pattinson, I felt like his Bruce Wayne was just too brooding, too depressed, <laughs> too emo. You know, he's still got the eye makeup on. And I kind of like what they do, because, you know, back in when they film, they have to, like, almost, like, have football eye patches. So, like, the... the because it just looks weird if you have a white, you know, white guy skin underneath. But what he does is similar to like Joker. He just like smears paint on it to kind of get that black. And I think that's cool. And you can kind of see the residue of it. So he's like, the light, you know, or whatever. And so I figured they missed a really opportunity. I hope they do it because what I thought Christian Bale did really well was play the character of Bruce Wayne. Because we both know. That's true. The real character of Bruce Wayne is Batman's persona. Yeah. He, and they've addressed that in many films. Even Catwoman's like, this is who you really are. Yeah, you're not talking. You're not Bruce Wayne. You're yeah. Batman. Or whoever you are underneath, because she didn't know who he was. And that's a given, and we all understand that. But what I really like what uh, Christian Bale does, and even to an extent, you know, Ben Affleck at you know Luther's parties, acting drunk, oh, pretty lady, or whatever. He has this charm about him he has this ability to infiltrate and be able to you know Christian Bale's like oh, I'm oh, I'm buying this restaurant mm-hmm. he's giving off that impression of oh I'm a billionaire playboy to throw it off any suspect that you know he might any be a suspicion. 
any suspicion. You know, he drives that Lamborghini right in front of that truck. Oh, I don't know what's going on, you know? And you don't watch the news, do you? Yeah. You don't watch the news, do you? I mean, I just finished uh, Blade Runner the other night, the old oh, man, classic. Did you see that? Yeah. Like, one of, like, the definition of noir films. Yes. yes. And your character, your noir, and I thought Christian Bell did it. I think Ben Affleck did it well. And Lieutenant Deckard, or whatever is Detective Deckard, did that really well, and that movie was very much inspired. Inspired this movie, in my opinion, along with Seven. Of course. Right. Yeah. 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 And so I was just watching it, and Harrison Ford's character Deckard is, you know, he's very brooding. He's like, oh, I don't really want to do this, and he, but he's very efficient at what he does. Maybe Batman doesn't. I don't want to do this, but he's. He's in the same kind of ill of like... I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm getting too old for this, even though <laughs> yeah. Robert Pattinson's young. But there's this scene in the in Blade Runner where like he flips a switch and he's a different character altogether. He's going after one of these replicants that is... She's like yeah. a stripper dancer or something like that. And he turns into this like bumbling fool trying to get some information out of her. Not him at all. But it's so cool to see like the chameleon of like he's a detective and he's just changing his persona. And I never saw that in Robert Pattinson. Right. You're supposed to have that dichotomy of like, you know, Bruce Wayne is like this upstanding, you yeah. know, like uh, he's a he's a socialite. And then you have his alter ego, which is dark and brooding. And, you know, you listen to like Kevin Conroy when you watch I was Batman, say that. Batman the Animated Series and the guy has it down like it's a perfect, I love it. a perfect one to one. You know, he's like his voice is so incredible. Like my wife got me a cameo from... Uh, Kevin Conroy for my birthday so he did a he did a thing for what me what did he do? so if you ever use the app Cameo you no. can pay to have a celebrity give you a shout out on your birthday and she got me a, ca- a cameo from Kevin Conroy to, to give me like a happy birthday thing where he used his Batman oh, voice gosh. and it was like such one of the coolest things ever and I was like watching the Batman the Animated Series but he has that his, doesn't he? his he has Bruce that. Wayne is like a completely different voice but you can tell it's still the same voice it's incredible and he uses it to further his you know detective work exactly I never saw that with Robert Pattinson's no. character we and have, so yet, I hope we have right. yet to see it as, so that's what I'm saying so I hope you're right come next film he's using his philanthropic type opportunities and status that way too it was interesting we even got a couple of laughs out of that film out of the Batman you know it was like that one, uh, was it Gutierrez or Ramirez, that cop, you know, he calls Batman a freak to his face. And then he sees Bruce Wayne at the yeah. beginning and he's like, Mr. Wayne. Like, I love you, man. I couldn't, a big fan. I couldn't, I couldn't help but laugh. I was, was like, good. oh, that was good. I, I especially really like the relationship that this Batman has with, with Gordon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like this, this tight brotherhood and trust between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Even after only two years of like... Of like him being around. Where did you? Because I've heard that. Is there just a release or something that this is year two of Batman's? Oh, it's it's in the film. Is it in the film? When he's after his first after the night of crime, the fighting crime that he's had, he's giving that little monologue like, "I have to be better. I have to be faster and stronger." And he's writing that in a journal. And when he closes the journal, when he closes the journal, it it says observations year two. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay. And that they even talked about it before in other interviews. Like this is his second year as Batman. So he must've got chummy real quick. Cause like, I mean, establish a relationship where a, 
a third party vigilante who's clearly assaulting people being allowed in crime scenes. He yeah. must have done some good stuff in the last 24 months. Well, I would have to say he probably had to have saved Jim Gordon's life at least once or twice right. for him to be like, okay, this guy's on my side. And he's not killing anybody. Yeah, he's beating the crap out of him, but he's not killing anybody yeah. at this point. And all the cops just looking at him cops he comes just... in like, are you kidding me? So here's one of my questions for you. How did you feel about his entrances like when he would step onto the scene <laughs> when he would enter a room how did you feel it about added that? to that three uh, two hours and 55 minutes it, it, it sure certainly did, did. It did. because he's just you know the subway uh platform he just walks, walks out in of the really darkness slowly um at the church with the neck bump walks in really slowly so did you hate love no. or somewhere in between i love i love the like letting that moment breathe i thought that was great i thought the introduction to batman is a you need to have some sort of so, slow motion, letting it breathe on the platform. Yeah, exactly. You, so, like... That's fine. Maybe other places he could have sped it up a little bit, but, like, the rendition of the Nirvana soundtrack, whatever that song is called when he was coming. Something in the way. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. And just taking a look at time and seeing each cop's face, and they almost told their own story of, like, why are we letting this guy do this? Who is this guy, man? And then the Ramirez, you freak or whatever. And then the commissioner comes in, drops an F-bomb. Yeah. Which I was surprised. I was like, oh, we're that kind of move. My wife ends over saying, is this rated R? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. I was yeah. like, no, you get two. You get two. Yeah, yeah, you get two. Two That's maximum. Right. So I didn't hear the second one, but I thought that was cool. I let it breathe. Let it... I'm thinking of those three times. Was there another time where he kind of just came in? You're like, okay. Well, he does the Batman thing where he just is like there. He's just there. Mm -hmm. It's not like he drops in from a from a rafter or things like that. And honestly, I was expecting more of that. I was expecting more of him swooping in from a lot of these things you know cape and all just fluttering and just and dropping in he it's, knocks on the door of iceberg lounge like hey let me in that's right he does <laughs> and i'm like Batman doesn't knock no, on doors there's, normally there's a skylight somewhere i mean there's enter. a skylight somewhere he, he'd have access he'd just throw a little detonator on there and just pop on in sure but, but it's like i can give you the courtesy of knocking and you know who i am by seeing me and you just let me in or i can beat i can beat the crap out of you and make my way right which i thought was hilarious i see you've met the twins you know and Mm -hmm. i was like those guys and seeing the the you know later on in the film when he comes as bruce wayne and they're like oh come on in yeah look who it is you know yeah exactly i i thought i was actually gonna have more trouble with it because i wasn't but i just wasn't used to it with with him walking into things, you know, instead of like running into things or, or swooping in, you know, yeah, he's I mean, on rooftops, you know, he's, sure. he's dropping out of the no, shadows. That's, a, that's an interesting point. I hadn't experienced that, I think, really up to this point because I actually went and watched a couple of Batman the Animated Series. Shut up! I did. <laughs> I did. Because he just appears in the in the crime scene. Well, right? He just walks out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he does do that. Mm-hmm. He does do that. He just does. He just walks out of the shadows, and it's so effective. It's yeah. terrifying. Like they really built up that suspense at the beginning of the film, where it's like they show the the, the criminal looking at the sky and how terrified they are that Batman's in the shadow. The oh, boogie, the good. boogeyman is in the shadows, yeah. and I'm like, oh man, they're they are really setting this up well. They really, you know, his whole like 
effect that he has on the general public and the criminals is that I am the shadows. I am there. Mm -hmm. And you better watch out or I'm going to come for you. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, they, they really honed in on that. But then again, he's Batman. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to do anything. Like, he could drop out of a ceiling. He could drop out of a skylight. But he doesn't have to because he's effing Batman. He just <laughs> right. he just walks into stuff. But, yeah, the relationship with Jim Gordon, is a, there's a backstory there. And I think Hollywood is too fallen to the victim of, like, we need to know the origin of everything. Oh, what happened Thank there? you for saying that. And I'm just like, there's some mystery that I, I'm okay with not being unveiled because some of it just needs to be assumed because this is a character we we all understand and we mm -hmm. all know so what's the point in telling the death of his parents story for the thousandth time I'm glad they didn't do when, that when we can just glance over it oh they died yes mm -hmm. we get it we, we already knew that and just move on with the story you know that sort of idea so the fact that we don't really know the, the evolution of their relationship but we do know the status of it and it's still early in its beginning stages. I thought it was really cool. He's lieutenant at the time, similar to Gary Oldman's was lieutenant when we first met sure. him. And it wasn't until a commissioner had to die until he's promoted. Yep. I don't know if Jim is... Does that make him the commissioner now since the previous know. one died and he was lieutenant? I don't know. The ranks of the police department, I don't know if that would be the case. I don't even know of any other police you know, organizations that have a, have a commissioner. Yeah, who, who, has, a, who has a commissioner? Dude. The fact that I, when he came on, did you say to yourself, that's Bullock? Yeah, I thought that's it was, what I thought. I thought it was Bullock. And then when he said the commissioner, I was like, oh. It's always a big fat guy. It's always a big fat it's guy. It's always a big fat I guy. I thought it was Bullock. Yeah, I was for sure, too. But I, I'm, I was pleasantly surprised. So here's the next one. How did you feel about the Batmobile? Oh, freaking 1976 muscle car. I loved it. It was awesome. It was cool. I, I didn't. I guess I didn't mind that it didn't have a lot of gadgets. It's mostly meant as like a high speed battery ram. Yeah, know? that's what it's meant to do. Yeah, and I felt okay with that at this point. I was like, yeah, it it works. Yeah, I mean, we just came off the heels of you know the assault vehicle that is Ben Affleck's one, which it's it's still technically my favorite. Is well, it really? Well, next to actually the Batman Arkham Knight. Batmobile from the video games. It's like oh. I don't. You, I don't know if you've I, played I, them. There's so many. I don't know if I've played that one. I have played some Arkham, but I don't know. I don't remember that one. But that game is by far like that's one of my all-time favorite oh. games of all time. They but do, anyway, they do that good. The the movie in terms of the movies, yeah, Ben Affleck's is still my favorite. All those gadgets, all the. I mean, I can't get over it. He has like the best vehicles of of them all. Uh -huh. I like his Batwing the best. You know, yeah, his Batwing's super cool. His Batwing's super dope, you know. But the Bat, the Batmobile, it, it screams cool, efficient, yet amateur. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, you're right that it's just, it's an exposed engine. He's got flames on the side. He's got, like, almost Ben-Hur spikes on the wheels. Right. And you're like, okay, this guy's crazy. He's just going to ram people off the road. He's not going to... You know, it's not... Um, well, it's it's almost like he's starting with, like, well, this is my base model. I have it for what I need, and, and I'm going to add on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. add on to it as time goes on because I, I don't have a need to, like, add on machine guns yet. I don't have a need to add on, like, a mm -hmm. grappling hook to the vehicle and drive it up a wall. I don't have a need to, like, 
have my bike built into <laughs> built into the Batmobile. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, he doesn't need it yet. But actually, I think actually my most favorite piece of technology that he used was probably the simplest. Is actually the eye. Oh my gosh! Like that the, is like so the, cool. The the thing I was like. How come we haven't seen another Batman do something exactly like mm-hmm. this yet? Where it's like he's recording everything from his eye. That way he can review every piece of crime evidence that he I sees. And that. I was like, that's the most genius thing. That definitely tells me this guy is so detective. Because mm-hmm. then he like he processes it. He's looking over the cipher. Print that. Write that, something yeah. down. You know, taking every piece out of everything that he does. I'm like, man, that is so genius. I mean, like... In terms, like, do you, in terms of a detective, how well does he stack up against previous iterations? I mean, that's what Matt Reeves was driven, right? That's what he was trying to do. I need to have a noir-based film. I mean, I can't. Th- the only one I can ever think of is in the Dark Knight when he's, you know, in that apartment when someone named Harvey and someone named Dent were killed, and he takes like, the brick out of the yeah, wall. takes the brick out of the wall. I'm trying to think of other ones where he's straight up detective I can't besides the animated series can you think of another I mean Affleck trying to steal Luther's data data but he's not really Batman at that point we already talked about that although Affleck does have some pretty amazing skills like in espionage and like and Alfred addresses that right like yeah Espionage and he like goes to that he goes to that like fight or that brawl. He uses his um, force pairing to like steal data off of that one guy's phone. But I like it that he does it as Bruce Wayne. He does it as Bruce Wayne. He's not necessarily always doing it as Batman. Because he always he said he's like and I need the suit. You know, you know when he actually needs it, he's like tell you know Alfred prepare the suit, and he's like you don't actually need it this time. Yeah. You could just go as yourself because you've been invited so you don't need to do that yeah he's a 38 tall for you go yeah (laughs) yeah he's like you can just walk in there man so you're right I would say Ben Affleck comes close but nowhere near this you know the eyes the the solving of the puzzles the adding the answering of the riddles to yeah, for sure. It is seven through and through. Have you seen seven? I actually haven't. And oh. I probably need to, so I'm going to show them right there. Yeah, you mm-hmm. need to see seven. There's some moments where you're like, oh, that's graphic. But, like, aside from Blade Runner, this is, you know, the Riddler and John Doe, the villain. I mean, they're, the, you know, very, very, very similar character. I loved this Riddler. I thought he was fantastic. Oh my gosh, could not be more opposite than Jim Carrey's. I know, and he he did the most spectacular job of like putting this thing together where it had Batman involved. He's like, we did this together. And it's like, I made you solve yeah. all my riddles to figure out what hey, I needed buddy. you to. Bring it in. You, like, you did this. Yeah, we did this together. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, he totally did. He got Batman to do exactly what he wanted to with just some riddles and figuring out some of his ciphers and things like that. And I was like, wow, he, uh, man, boy, he really got you to step into things. In the end, would you say Batman lost in this movie? Yes. And I think that's why I also like The Dark Knight is because technically Batman loses. It's it, it. He always has what do you call it, a hollow victory. Yeah, that's that's like what his his the status of his wins are are usually. You know, even in Batman v Superman, yeah, they killed they killed Doomsday, but they lose 
Superman, right. right? And they destroy half the city, and a bunch of stuff's ruined. And then, like you said in Dark Knight, people are dead that he cares about, and he becomes the villain, mm-hmm. even though they were able to save the city and protect it for another eight years or whatever. I mean, I love storytelling, but I love the fact that they turn that up on upside down on its head. It's not always a rainbows and sunshine happy ending story well that's that's part of the reason and I want to jump to this for just a second for for, to No Way Home Mm -hmm. is because they really get to the meat of what it means to be Peter Parker and to be Spider-Man is that Spider-Man always he is always on the lower end of of the victory he he always ends up it's almost his fate it's his fate to lose basically everything to lose everything because even though even though he su- usually succeeds in saving the city, he himself always takes a hit, like a sacrifice, some mm-hmm. kind of sacrifice. He always pays with something, and he usually survives, but at someone a huge cost. at a huge cost. And I and think, I think that's oh, that's that's like that speaks the, to us as humans. Like yeah, exactly. It takes a lot of sacrifice to achieve something so so important, and so. The fact that he loses, going back to the Batman, that mm-hmm. this Batman loses, the Riddler got what he wanted. He killed everybody they wanted to, except Bruce except Wayne. Except Bruce Wayne. And I don't know if they meant to kill the mayor-elect, or they just wanted to hurt her. Well, actually, I think that was the purpose. It was to just kill a lot of people, including her, okay. because they were going to have everybody gathered. And then, because it said real change, and her name is, it's, it's Real. Mm-hmm. or whatever so a real change a real change she was the target I think she was the main target and then really? everybody, that, everybody that supported her did but you, I don't do you know find why. that believable because like you look at his victims you know well those were corrupt, all corrupt 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 yeah, corrupt corrupt she was not then, corrupt and then he goes after her which doesn't goes, make a lot of sense doesn't make a lot of sense some of my problems with the movie go there but the fact that he loses it speaks to us as humans. That's why I felt like, okay, it's unresolved, but there's some success and there's some growth, which we want to use as humans. Like, okay, we need to go through adversity. And I think they did that really well. And so if I want to you know, jump piggyback onto that, one of my problems with the movie, that why it's not a little bit higher, that moment when those Riddler copycats or followers or whoever were on top of that, and they start loading guns and there's all these people down there, that felt a little too real, in my opinion. Oh, you mean like you can see something like this happening because yeah. of, of social movements? Social movements, you know, they're in the movie, they're called incels, and, you know, they're very much worried about this, and not only mainstream media, but in our world today, like, I, you know, we don't want to get too political on this or whatever, but that just felt like active shooter, like... You know, like maybe that was kind of the point. I know maybe it was kind was, of the right? point. It, yeah, but it's, it's hard to swallow. It's hard to swallow. Sure. So like, I I understand it. I respect it. It held, It went a little too close to reality. And maybe just having kids recently, it just kind of like the sanctity of life for me is just kind of upped a lot. Whenever since I've had kids, and so yeah, I'm just like yeah. Having that, I was just like, ooh, that's a little real. And so that's not a huge qualm, but I was just kind of like, ooh, that, that's... I mean, because, I mean, how long ago was the Bellagio Vegas when my shooter was shooting into that country music concert? That wasn't that long ago. No. Something very, very similar. And you're like, ooh, but... But then you think all those other people have were brutally murdered, and now you have a problem with that. I don't know. Just... 
So that was one thing that was a little too real. The guy has like a 30-06 and he shoots her in the hip and she can later walk. No, she'd be dead. She'd be bleeding to Profusely, death. yeah. Yeah, with that type of caliber or whatever. Hopefully, it should have been just like a graze or something yeah. like that. She locked up she, like she got hit with a twenty two. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's not what she was shot with. No. Maybe it was, and I just... But I don't know. That was... Did you feel that it was obviously meant to be the case, that it was maybe a real commentary on society, or did you feel okay with that setting i think it came across as something definitely meant for as social commentary but i don't think it was intention i don't think it was fully intentional i Mm -hmm. think it it might have ran across his mind and just kind of collided with an idea like oh that's that's how we'll do it but wasn't intended to be like this big you know point of his on on that social commentary about like the cells and things like that however what I did enjoy, what I actually found that I liked about that is that in all of these movies, they always have henchmen, and you never know exactly where they all freaking come, <laughs> where they come from. And it's like, finally got an explanation of why. You know, He's got like, a channel. Because he has a channel. Because he has a platform. And this is how he mm-hmm. talks to people. It's kind of like the whole Hitler thing, you know. You have people, you know, you have a voice, and you speak to them, and they, they come to you. And they flock to you because you have a vision and they follow that vision. So it's like, it makes sense. This is how he got a hold of people. Why? How do you have henchmen? He actually has freaking real henchmen because mm-hmm. these people follow him and they're they're all in. So They espouse like, to his ideas. Exactly. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's like you brought a, com- a completeness to the idea of a henchman and a villain from the comic book. It's like, before, it's like, no one ever tells me, where, where do they buy these guys from? Like, they come in a six-pack? Like, where do you find these <laughs> these henchmen? Do you buy them at Tommy the, and Vito over there. Yeah, yeah, Tommy and Vito, they're they're a pair. You can get them on Amazon. You know, it's like, where do you find these guys? So it's like, the idealists and the, the people with vision can get people to rally behind them and that's how you get henchmen and uh, i don't know why that makes such a big difference but it's because i think no no one ever really talks about this and it makes sense why he has people to follow him he has his own bad guys for the for the hero to fight you know Mm -hmm. so i'm like yeah how does joker get his guys you know he he broke a lot of them out of arkham you know because they're crazies just like he is so that makes sense but it's like this was more literal, and you could see it. There's like a, a there's like a paper trail of like yeah. where it all came. Not from. Not to get too political or whatever. Do you think that the whole incel thing was poignant to the point of like trying to make a statement of the dangers of social media or the dangers of vigilantism? Or I I don't know how to word that question, but it didn't. It didn't come across to me as being overly deliberate. It, it came across as like a, a cautionary tale. Sure. But not as being like a platform that he's speaking to from. Yeah. It's kind of like, this is an important thing that I'm going to leave in there, but I'm not like push shoving it. I'm not shoving it. And I agree with you. Like as someone, you know, self-identified, you know, I mostly vote right. And I see often movies that have political ideologies crammed in them that aren't really subtle or whatsoever. 
But even when Selena Kyle's like, we got to go after these uh, white privileged guys, I didn't have a problem with it. Like, no. and my wife was shocked. She's like, I thought you would. It was like, well, Matt Reeves did such a great job that those white privileged a holes were a holes and like des- they not deserve to die. But well, they 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 kind of got what was coming. To they them. got what was coming for them, and so like it made it believable. It made it like these are terrible people that would obviously make enemies. And so I didn't really have a problem with it. And my wife was kind of shocked, you know, but <laughs> and she's like, oh, really? And I was like, no, I thought Ray's did a great job creating such a corrupt society where these guys are just aren't so necessarily targeting one side to make it like, oh, this is just a, a blueprint or a shell or to tell somebody of some angry white man on the right side who's angry with society. Because obviously he was killing a corrupt white mayor who maybe projected to be like a conservative-based thing, but he was right. just clearly, you know, dirty. But then he goes after the progressive mayor-elect. Right. So it was just... Nobody, the Riddler is nobody, evil yeah. incarnate. Yeah, he's evil incarnate. No, no one's safe from him, yeah. whether you're cl- actually clean or not. And I appreciated that. I, the fact that this guy is just going after everybody and it wasn't... It wasn't a political thing. He was no. Well, it kind of was. I it mean, was, it was, but it wasn't. At it the wasn't same time. like you know, one party versus others. Like y'all are corrupt, and it's that's it ties so much back to seven because it's self righteous murder, and these people are evil to begin with. And right. I need to okay. be celebrated for this. And when Batman says at the end, "No, you're a psychopath. This is no one." condones this you're awful or no no and that performance was great oh, by Paul Dano just no no this no, is not how this is supposed, this is to, not go. How it's supposed <laughs> to go this isn't yeah so yeah I totally good. totally dug his performance you know and his his push to be like I'm I'm uprooting corruption I'm doing basically what you do yeah you know I'm doing what you do I'm just doing it differently and he's like no we're so different and in a way, when you also look at that three-minute deleted scene with the Joker, I loved what the Joker said to get under his skin. It's like a deep part of you thinks they deserved it, and that they yeah, he does you, that. you you like that you you like that they they got what they deserved in a way. And I was like, oh, he, you know, he's kind of right. In a way, you are glad that they got what they wanted, but you're also a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're you're part of the problem. His hands have blood on them too. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I I enjoyed actually a lot the story of how the Riddler got to be the Riddler and like where his story got started at the orphanage, mm-hmm. you know, and then how they talked about renewal and how the renewal was tied into everything. And I was like, how did I not see this from the beginning of the film? Well, I, it, it totally I don't, caught me by surprise. I, yeah, I thought it was very well crafted that they used that empty fund since once the wings die no one's really managing it and they just use that to pretty much launder all the crime all the money yeah right in and out of that and people are getting paid through it and so they think it's going to the orphanages when they see the checks coming in but they're really not or whatever how that i don't know but i thought that was a clever plot device and so that would make him obviously mad sins of the father someone need to pay for that that was maybe the i get it it wasn't the strongest case for all of his victims. Well, that's where he's getting kind of fringe because you can't blame Bruce for what his father did. He didn't. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have done anything. He didn't. But know Thomas any is dead, so somebody's got to. But yeah, Thomas is dead already. But couldn't you have just let well enough be alone because he's 
got what he deserved in the end, right? Or do you think he was going after him because, oh, you should pay more closer attention to that renewal program? Maybe. Maybe that was his ploy to get him to, to focus on it, you know? But I guess that you just led me to a thought. It's like all the people that deserved what they got, they started out very heavily getting what they deserved. And then you went to... So start with the mayor. You start with the mayor, then you went to the commissioner, and then you went to the lawyer. DA. The the, the DA. You went to the DA. Skarsgård's such a good actor. Right. So good. And each of them went... It it started going down in the level of severity of what they did Mm crime-wise. Because you got cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. Because you had, you know, guys taking bribes, and you went from the... The mayor who was, you know, sleeping with whores and stuff like that and doing but other stuff. But then he capped it off with Carmine. But then, he, yeah, he did cap it with Carmine, who was was the worst of all. That's true. That does kind of break up my theory. But, but no, I his, see what you're saying. His craziness went past a breaking point because it's like, why do you need to kill Bruce Wayne? It's kind of needless at this point because Thomas is already dead. Then why do you need to kill Rial? Why do you need to kill the mayor-elect? Because... You don't have any dirt on her. What has she done? So his craziness is more manifest as the murders progress. So do you find that less believable or a hole in his story? Or no, just I find proof it to the fact that this guy's just insane. I find anything? it more proof that he's absolutely insane because okay. he's taking his craziness to like everybody's corrupt. And yeah. I'm gonna kill everybody. And that's I mean, you meet those people before ha, the government. Yeah, my yeah. tinfoil hat. Yeah, anybody is a is a possible. So I think I think that. That definitely speaks to how crazy he was. But overall, man, the performances throughout the whole thing were just all top-notch, you know. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, and even... I went and saw the second time with my cousin, and uh, we kept looking at John Turturro, and both of us are big big Lebowski fans. Oh, yeah. So I'm just keeping... I just keep thinking... Jesus in that, right? Yeah, nobody else with the Jesus, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at my cousin, I just said, no one else with the Jesus. He's like, I know, I can't help it. And he's so good. He's so good. I I never thought I would see him as like a mob boss, but he plays it off real cool. You still sometimes see him as like that bumbling... Transformer government guy. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. He's or in Mr. Ju- Deeds, you know. Oh, he's in Mr. Deeds with a ridiculous accent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the penguin, you know, uh, Colin Farrell. Oh, man. my gosh. Let's talk about Colin Farrell for a bit. <laughs> he's so good. He stole the show every time he came on screen. Oh, every time. So good. Barely see that it's him. You can just tell when it's in the close-up of the eyes. Not the accent I was expecting, but that, that didn't... I didn't really... Take it easy, sweetheart. I you know, he goes it. like the real hard Jersey, uh-huh. Jersey accent or hard New Yorker accent. I was expecting to have him be, have the Cockney accent. Yeah, Cobblepot is... is He's a a Brit slash... He has a Cockney accent. Mm -hmm. But from what I remember in the comics, it's actually a fake thing. He he does it just because he likes it. Oh, is that right? I don't remember that. I I mean... But then again, Danny DeVito never did it. (laughs) Danny DeVito didn't do it. I... I love the performance of Colin Farrell. I thought I love that they kept him alive. And then they kept him at the end when, like, you know, the city is now underwater under threat who's going to take over and then it just comes to him and look overlooking the city and you're like I sure hope he comes back because he did a great performance undoubtedly he comes back in fact I'm really glad that they included the iceberg lounge as part of it because Mm -hmm. I was like that 
through and through is just like a hallmark of like Batman's territory of like finding criminals. He goes to the Iceberg Lounge where the Penguin holds up, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, it's in the video games. It's in it's in basically everything. You know, there's actual hotspots, which actually leads me to ask you how you felt about his Batcave and home situation. Uh, I thought, I mean... I could have used more Alfred and him interacting. I was a little confused because he's driving on his way home. He goes through the cemetery and then he ends up at some like station. So underground at one point it was a terminal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then he goes up and he's in his loft mansion or separate mansion because when the bomb goes off, it's like in a high riser. Yeah. So is the terminal underneath the high riser or separate altogether? I'm pretty sure it's just underneath the high rise. Okay. You know. But did you think it was like in the country like typically youth Wayne Manor is in the country? Typically it is, but I think they rightly pointed out, and here's what I think may happen next, is that that orphanage that he went to was a Wayne Manor. It was turned into the orphanage, and I have a feeling that he will either revamp that orphanage to be a new orphanage in the next film, or he'll move out of the city into a new cave underneath Wayne Manor that he may remake out of that orphanage is a possibility. However, I actually thought his terminal underground underneath the the Wayne Enterprises building or whatever. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was I, simple. It was simple, but it was like efficient, you know. It was huge, it was vast, obviously filled with bats. You know, it had like a it was vast, you know. It did feel vast. It didn't necessarily feel like a cave because it's obviously a terminal, mm-hmm. but in a way it is. But his setup, he just had his computer station, a couple TVs in the back, and then the ramp for the car. Yeah, and the ramp that for the That was essentially car. it. And then we just came off Ben Affleck's where it's like this beautiful posh oh water fountains coming over. It's like the coolest damn bat <laughs> cave you've ever seen. He's got Robin's suit plastered up just to remind him. So I think that's just, you know, Reeves is like, we're going practical. We're going, this is what it would look like. And I believed every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly actually like makes me think twice about like... Um, Christian Bales, which is like a literal, literal, literal cave. Yeah, it's like a cave by a waterfall, and his isn't like huge. It doesn't have like a ton of stuff in it. Most of it's kind of like kept away. So if anybody actually found the cave, they really wouldn't know much about the cave if anybody yeah. ever found That's it. Cool. Which I actually thought was smart. But I liked how his, you know, kind of has like a hidden doorway into his underneath the building. You know, you have a lot of space to grow, obviously. You know, you'd be able to do a lot of things down there. I was pretty impressed with this setup, but man, they really pile on the grunge. And the thing that (laughs) Matt Reeves said is like a lot of this is based on Kurt Cobain. So his whole look is very Kurt Cobain-ish. He's got like the greasy hair. hair. You know, go take a shower. You look like death. And from what I can tell at the beginning of the film, most of his Batman attire is underneath the baggy clothes. So, like, when he's riding yeah, around the motorcycle... He's, he's got that backpack, big old backpack, but he's got those baggy clothes. Yeah. So, part of his setup is in the backpack, but he's wearing some of it underneath his baggy clothes as well. So, he's not running across rooftops all the time. Most of the time, or a lot of the time, he's walking through crowds, he's riding... His motorcycle. And that adds to the noir detective because, oh, there's Batman on a dirt bike or a bullet bike. Wait a minute. But if it's just a dude in a hoodie. No one one knows the wiser. So it makes sense. You know, that's kind of his style. 
of of how he does it. But I my guess is that in the future, that's going to translate into like as he develops more technology, like his cape will eventually probably become more of like a parachute rather than doing a wingsuit. You know, sure. he'll 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 suss that out. He'll figure out how not to kill himself while he's <laughs> soaring. He's dead. I, like the <laughs> fact that he stands up and walk. I'm like, all right, that wasn't believable at all. But I can okay, s- I can kind of see it if he's since he's pretty armored. Like that'll help him, but it won't help him if you're, you're just, still you're, you're still, still dislocating your shoulders. You're gonna you're, mess up your knees. I mean. He got freaking jerked real hard. <laughs> I was like, he I mean, got, I don't know what the, got the terminal velocity. Down. Well, terminal velocity is its own speed, but like, I don't know what speed he's going at. <laughs> a wingsuit, like I've he's seen those videos. An excess of like over like. I have no like, idea. Like we could quickly Google it. But it's oh like a hundred miles an hour. You know. Oh, way more than that. You know, he's he's dropping. He's soaring through the city. I mean, I don't know exactly how high up he is. He's probably at least. Two, 200, 300 feet high, probably. Yeah. So his, his ride down from there isn't very long. He didn't make it very long. And he's, <laughs> he's, I'm like terrified. I'm like, you know, Christian Bale, he glided pretty easily between buildings, you know, because he's got like a paraglider. Yeah. And now this guy, he's got a damn wingsuit. And a wingsuit is all like all of your body. You know, you have to, like, focus on exactly what you're doing or you're going to die. And there's wind currents. You can see him get, like, pushed around. Yeah. I'm like... With the going in between buildings. Oh, and he's so dead. He's so dead. And that's one part. I was like, that was unbelievable. Um, did you find the... With the whole... Uh, what do you call them? The, the walls holding back the... The rivers. Well, I mean, what are they called? Like? <laughs> I was gonna mention that. I was like, some city engineers getting fired. <laughs> yeah, what, I can't even remember what it's called. The flood walls or whatever. That just kind of surprised me. I maybe I'm just not as a, a, a astute when I was looking for. Maybe they just assumed nobody would ever attack it for any reason because anybody who would do that would end up dead too. You know, from blowing up those walls and letting right because it would be committed suicide unless you leave. But yeah. like, did you see where they're blowing those up? Did you see that coming? Because I was kind of like, oh, is that what? No, we're doing I now? didn't actually. It was still a surprise. I mean, you could have probably figured it out from the trailers and from everything else you see, but I still wasn't expecting it, and I wasn't actually did expecting it, fit it to the mo of the Riddler of like individual murder, individual murder. Now we're just gonna close the it was, city. I did kind of see that, like, kind of idea coming, like it was believable at least. But what I didn't count on was I honestly thought Batman was going to be able to have time to try and stop them. And he I didn't. didn't even, I didn't even know he had time to stop them because when I first found out about him, I'm like, oh, they're blowing up. Like, it, it crept up on me that fast. Right. He didn't actually figure it out until it was too late. And from that, I was like, oh, man. I wish they could have led up to that a little bit more. I mean, that's a little petty, but I was like, oh, we're blowing up. What are they called? There's a word for it. I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Water walls. It's, <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, uh, they're not lates. They're not um there's, there's a technical term, but yeah. I can't remember. But the thing is, is like... You know, he, he he's in the cell. He's talking to Riddler, and he's like... You know, we can watch it go down together. And then he's like, oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. And at that point, I was like... I guess I'm not smart. <laughs> well, then I'm, I feel real stupid, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like something's about to already happen, and he has no idea what it is. And he wasn't smart enough to get there, even though he's 
obviously the best detective in the city already, but he didn't figure this out. But it's like, at the same time, how did you expect him to figure it out? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I, he, he thought the, the wedge, the, the, the carpet oh, thing. Oh, the carpet thing would have like, been a big enough thing for him. Like, once because he it was attached to that last clue, he's like, oh, you should know, you should rip up my, uh, a tucker, you should rip up the carpet. And the fact that he didn't, oh, you're not as smart. And then he went back, Ramirez was there, and they ripped it up, got the password. And then the blinking lights were all on the... Uh, the waterfronts. We still don't know the name of that, but <laughs> never gonna figure it out. <laughs> they're gonna let, let somebody on Reddit or the comment section yeah, figure yeah, it out for me. That's what they're that. there for. But uh, I didn't see it coming, and I'm and I'm su- su- I was surprised. You know, there were a lot of surprises in there that I wasn't expecting. You know, um, and especially in that last scene, the whole fight on the catwalks was just absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. Drops in from an explosion from the. From, you know, yeah. from the top of the, uh, from the top of the, the, the dome, you know, coming in hot, he's taking down multiple guys. I was surprised that he didn't use smoke bombs up until he used it on that fire extinguisher. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe this gives him the idea that maybe I should use smoke to help cover some of my fights so I don't get blown to hell every time. Maybe. I show up. He gets shot every time he's in a fight. He gets shot. And he's fine. But did you find that believable? The, the armor? The armor to the fact that he could still walk down a hallway, take a bull, barrage of bullets from, you know, I don't know, a M9 9mm round and just walk towards him. Like, you're still going back. You're it's, still, like... It's creeping on the edge of, of of what's believable and what's not. It's, it's, it's basically kind of bleeding over mm-hmm. the edge there. Because it's like... We've obviously seen him take shots, so that armor must be pretty something very special. That's definitely like a Wayne Enterprises thing that he he's absconded with from what's it called Applied Sciences or right, whatever. Right. So he's like, okay, I'll, I'm going to use this, and it must have been tested over and over again. So he knows what it can do, and he only allows himself to be shot enough to where it's like I'm I'm really pushing the edge of like what this stuff can do. Maybe, but because when but, uh, he goes to Carmine, he's walking down that hallway scene, which is right. reminiscent of the Darth Vader scene because it's only lit by the flash. By the, by the bullets, yeah. Yeah, which is super cool. But, like, he's strutting down while the guy's emptying the clip, and I'm just like, all right, Reeves, if you have decided to base this in, like, this is what a Batman would be like in real life, in real life, even a flakjack armor you're getting the wind knocked out of you and you're being thrown back just by a simple nine millimeter oh pistol. yeah you're gonna be bruised and in ble- some yeah. and most and a lot of times still bleeding you know every time this happens so i was like i mean but I was, but again it's a superhero movie so maybe sure. I'm, I'm splitting hairs right what's there. the what's the term where it's like the audience still believes it despite it's like suspension of reality or something like that Let's go with that. It's it's like suspension of reality where you can believe everything because it's part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, you can believe uh, whatever they're telling you because it's part of the story. And, yeah, that's a that one basically bleeds over the edge because him getting shot with a 9mm from, like, point-blank range, and he definitely takes it at the beginning of the film, but then gets shot by 
you know, by like, you know, dozens of rounds coming simultaneously <laughs> at him. I was like, okay, that's a, it's probably a little <laughs> over the edge. Yeah. And the other times he gets shot, it's it's fine too. Usually, like especially with the shotgun, because it's like, yeah, that's that's gonna, the more what we would expect. That's that's gonna like concave your chest, and you're gonna be like not being able to breathe. Now here's the question: He goes over the edge. He he gets saved by selena kyle and then he pulls out the, the discussion is is that venom that he's got that's supposed to be part of bane's thing or is that just oh, adrenaline oh i never thought of that is it bane's no. thing that somehow he gets his hands on interesting it's like, a, like a wayne prototype i just or... thought it was you know wolverine's thing i thought it was, I, my assumption was it was just adrenaline I'm thinking, yeah, just some sort of adrenaline shot. Typically, the best adrenaline you just do straight in the chest, as we obviously learn from uh, Pulp Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah, from Pulp Fiction, you go straight in the... Did we... No, it's fine. Did we finish? Don't worry. How how long are we into this, brother? About an hour and a half. Oh, my gosh. We're just talking about the Batman. I love it. But I love it. I mean, everything about that scene was just so well done. You know, he we got to see him use a lot of fun toys. We we see him use a lot of skill. Like, uh, my favorite move is that one where he just shoots both of those guys with his dual graphing things, and mm-hmm. he just immediately knows, I'm just going to freaking wrap myself around this catwalk. <laughs> yeah. And, Huck both of those guys over the side. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. You know, he's got he's like uh, what's the guy's name from the A team? He's like he, I, you make a plan. You, Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. You know, make a plan and stick to the plan. Nothing, nothing's like when a plan. Comes oh yeah. Together, or whatever the phrase is. Nothing better than when a plan comes yes. together. Yeah. So he's he plans it out. He kind of sees and knows what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting. All those 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 um. Riddler thugs, they're all tied in. They all knew what they were doing. They probably didn't even like really know each other that well. They just all were there with a purpose. Here's a little... This might be an Easter egg or whatever, but that guy who's got like this saran wrap on his head or at least kind of tightened it down, busted nose now because Batman just broke it, and he says, Vengeance. I've seen some videos that that guy was also the same guy at the mayor's funeral who was like over talking and talking oh, to right. Bruce, not talking to Bruce. Well, he eventually talked to Bruce. Like Bruce right. looked at him because he's like, Oh, these, these rich, these rich bastards. Yeah. Were like that. And it was, you know. it was him and he's wearing green. The guy who tried to sneak by was also wearing green. So these were already established Riddler thugs. Oh man. And I was like, I am vengeance. How did he know that? Because at the beginning on that platform, someone's recording that. Remember that? Right. Someone was recording it, beats the heck out of the ringleader, and he says, I'm vengeance. Probably posted that, and that dude saw that. So he's just poking fun at him. I'm, inven- I'm vengeance, But that too. also makes sense because those guys could have been penguin thugs as well because the penguin is like, hey, vengeance, you know? Is that what they call it? Oh, yeah. Right? So those guys could have been penguins guys for all we know, or, or they're just a, just a gang dressed up on Halloween. I thought, when I first saw the trailer, I... Thought they were the mutants from the Dark Knight Rises, uh, the Dark oh, Knight Returns comic. Dark Knight Returns. I thought they were, you know, the little gang gang leader the gangs. Mutants, yeah, the I thought mutants. they were them. Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was for sure those were like penguins dudes, just because of how with the face paint. I was like, those are those were like penguins guys. Hmm. But I don't know. Um, I just really enjoyed it, and every time I like watch it, and I've torrented it. I'll be honest about that. <laughs> every time I've watched it, I've gone back, and I'm like, man, everything about this, I just, I just like it. It didn't drag on for you. 
I'll be I'll be honest. It, it it I feel the weight of it when I'm watching it, but that doesn't deter me from finishing it because I'm like, oh, I gotta finish this. I'm not, I may be tired and I may feel it, and I'm like in my chair, and I'm sure shifting, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna finish this shit. I'm, gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a quitter. I'm no quitter. I'm an American. I, you know, I'm a I'm a Zack Snyder guy, man. You can't <laughs> you can't make a movie long enough to get me to stop. <laughs> so know? I felt that the movie should have ended when he pulled that person out of the 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 stadium or whatever and he looks up and he's just covered in mud and the wind is blowing and he had his little monologue cut scene I thought it should have ended yeah you could have done that and you would have saved 15 minutes because he had his little ride with Selena well actually he first talked to her like hey come to Bloodhaven with me <clears throat> no thanks <clears throat> oh you're already spoken for and then they had that cute little drive and then was there anything else after that was the last scene the Joker and the Riddler or was the last yes. scene the drive away? Technically, the last scene, like, part of the movie was the drive away. But then there was, like, the post-credits, which is, like, the Joker and the Riddler mm-hmm. chatting together. Which I I liked. So maybe they could have incorporated that. So they could have cut off, in my opinion, when he's looking up there. It would have been a great ending scene, in my opinion. Did you actually see the detail that uh, somebody noticed that when, in that three-minute deleted scene... That he hands over the paperwork, and there's a paper clip on the side, and when it's handed back, the paper clip is missing. No, I did not. Yes. That's great. I was like, I hope that was completely intentional, and that's yeah. part of his escape, that Batman is the reason that he escaped. Because he hands over that paperwork, and he looks through it, and there's a paper clip on the side. You can look at the... There's tons of people that have like posted it, but the paper clip's there, and then when he hands it back, it's gone. I'm like, it. oh, shit. That's great. Oh, shit. Yeah, they've, they've done it now. And I, I like that it was a deleted scene. I'm like, I appreciate the scene. I think it's okay that it wasn't in the movie. Because, I'm, not, I'm grateful that it wasn't. Yeah. I'm of the same guild, which is like, you want to get a little anticipated. And it was always out of focus. You never really saw him. And they wanted to have that element of like, you're going to anticipate this guy. How can we do that? Let's just remove that scene altogether. We'll anticipate him for the next film. Right. Because they already teased him in the post credits. So yeah. they just, they're like, here's a drop. This would just be redundant. And then they, they give you the deleted scene, which is a sip. You know, here's a, here's, here's a real a drink of like what you can expect, yeah. you know, hopefully in the future. So I, I see it as being, you know, this is proto Batman before he uh, adopts the Bruce Wayne persona to help his Batman stuff and to help draw suspicion away that he's a, a crime fighter and then you he's gonna he's gonna fight fight again with the with the Joker, which apparently Matt Reeves has said Joker's in there because of Batman and part of the reason that the Joker is the way he is is because of Batman already. Like that's part of his backstory. Mm. And he hasn't explored it yet. Interesting. But yeah. So let's end. I mean, if you want to go more, I was going to ask you to end on this, but like, let's just do it. Where does it rank of your Batmans? Like the movies, not the Batman uh, actors. <laughs> it's probably my favorite. It's over Dark Knight. <sighs> it's all right. You can do it. It's. I guess I'm just, I'm a basic white boy, basic white girl. No. Just loves Dark Knight. No, you're not. Because, like, before this point, it was strictly just, like, Dark Knight. It's like a... The a, standard. It's yeah. like the standard, yeah. It's it's nearly unbeatable because of how great the performances are of Christian Bale and Heath Ledger and 
of Gary Oldman and Aaron Eckhart, you know, all those people just like do such fine work. You know, it's um, it's basically unbeatable as a, as the story goes. But you would say it's better than Dark Knight Rises or Batman Begins. Absolutely, yeah, no no question. I there. would agree. No question. I would agree. And yeah, yeah, I mean, Batman Begins is better than Dark Knight Rises. I can I can accept. I think that. they're close. So they're close, but I I still say that. And it's a very opinion, it's yeah. a it's a good argument. You could go either way, but I would agree. I think the Batman is. Second, in my opinion, to the Dark Knight. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> this is damn Sophie's choice. I just can't. Sophie's Chocho. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're both so damn good in, in their in their own ways. But yet they're so similar. They they pulled from the Long Halloween so much. Both of them did. Yes. Yeah. And I actually started watching the animated series. The Was animated that version of it? I I think I watched the first. There's part one, one. part two. I thought there was isn't there part three already? Oh really? Is there? There could be. I don't know. I haven't finished it. I wanted to finish it before I came today. I haven't finished it. I haven't watched all of them. I need to. I read that a couple times, and that is, and they and they pulled from it. You could see the elements of, you know, the mob influence, and uh, it was just it was great. But to see that the source material of Long Halloween, a little bit of hush in there, you could tell. Mm -hmm. You can have so many different derivative stories coming from that. To make two fantastic movies, The Batman and The Dark Knight. For now, I'm still gonna say just The Batman. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wow. put the, I'm gonna put The wow. Batman only edging out by a little bit, just because of my feelings on how it felt to go back and rewatch it after seeing what I've seen from the mm -hmm. other ones. Because it's like, in a way, it. You remember from No Way Home where, spoiler alert, when he's talking with the others and he's like, you, I, I can't even believe you went to space. You know, you, went, you fought people in space and then you look at his whole career and you're like, holy shit, he has fought so many crazy things and done so many crazy things. In a way, Affleck's Batman's better because he's run the gamut. I mean, he's he's done a lot of shit the other Batman. In two movies. In two movies. Yeah. And he's done a lot that the others have never done. And probably will never do because they're not set that way yeah like Pat Pattinson's his is set in a real world but there probably is no Metropolis there's no Superman probably probably which probably. is a little disappointing and no cosmic but yeah exactly but that's what they're, they're gonna do and that's fine but and that's that's fine I'm happy with the movie we got I I'm I'm of the opinion you just gave me more Batman I'm happy you can't you can't you can't dissuade me from being unhappy because you gave me more Batman. There's right. it doesn't matter what Batman exactly, but you gave me more. And then I look at like Christian Bale's his is also set that way. He did a lot. He had three full movies. Ben Affleck, he's basically roughly had like one and a half. <laughs> you know, if you if you count it all up. If you look at Zack Snyder's Justice League, maybe you can give him two. But <laughs> four. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. But I don't mm. His his is his is probably like probably my best right now still, because of everything that he was able to accomplish even in as little time as he's had. Just imagine what he could have done with his own oh feature film. It would have been so amazing. It would have been so good. Yeah. It goes back to making me think of. Did you ever watch the game trailer for uh, Arkham Origins? No. It's like one of the best Batman. You could smash an entire Batman movie into like a two-minute trailer. It's incredible. Mm. It's it's animated, and it's so Arkham Origins. You know, it's like him going into a warehouse. He 
takes down a couple of thugs, Batman style, once from the floor, you know, <laughs> once smashing a guy's face into something, and then he opens up a little uh, lunchbox has Queen Industries on it, and there's a there's a bomb in there. He runs out as fast as he can before the bomb goes, blows him out of the warehouse. Then Deathstroke shows up, and he's like waiting for him, and he's like, "Is nice this like in a kind of like a what is it? A seaport?" Yeah. And there's like uh, steel containers, containers everywhere. Yes. I have seen that fight scene. And it's like one of the best fight scenes oh, I've yeah. ever seen. It's incredible. It's great. And you know who directed that, even for an animated thing? The <laughs> same guy that directed Deadpool. Tim Miller? Tim Miller. Really? He directed that. It was, which is like, he directed a game trailer? And and I, I bet like, that a lot of that was motion capture too with those characters. Probably. But it's still one of the best like fight scenes I've ever oh, seen Batman do. It is great. Down. I have seen that, and that is great. And I'm like, wow. Isn't Deathstroke not Deathstroke, but isn't Deadshot, Deadshot like he's mine? He's whatever. like across the bay. Yeah, 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 I've seen that. You know, he's across the bay on a bridge, like shooting at him yeah. from like probably like a couple miles away. <laughs> no, I remember that. That was good. And so you're saying that just encapsulates it so much, so you're just Looking so... Matt Reeves is on the right track. He's on the right track. I am, like, so incredibly excited to see, like, what he does with the character. Maybe he doesn't take him as far as I think he will. Maybe he'll put a couple of years in between this film and the next. You know, time-wise, like, in Gotham, like, two years later, three years later. Maybe it's different. I don't know. But either way, I think he did a fantastic job. I agree. And I'm just, like... You know, sometimes I'm like, I just want to get out my iPad and I want to sit and I just want to watch it again. Yeah. I just want to like soak. I just want to soak. And how nerdy is it? What do you think of the score? Oh, Michael Cacino, is that how you say it? Cacino. Cacino. Yeah, he was fantastic. Oh I my was, gosh. I am like, it's yeah. the it's the Empire theme. Yeah. It, it, dun, 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 it's dun, so close dun. to that. You love it. You're like, oh, it's so he's, good. He's trying to hook me with Star Wars, he's, and it's working. And it's the power. Oh, him and Hans Zimmer are my favorite composer. Oh, yeah. I have an entire playlist of just those types of guys. Like, mm-hmm. Henry Jackman does a lot of work I like. I have uh, Christopher Drake, who does a lot of, like, game, video game stuff. Oh. Hans Zimmer, uh, Junkie XL. Junkie XL. That guy, you know, I listened to like the, uh, what is it? Mad Max Fury Road soundtrack. <sighs> oh my gosh. I watched Mad Max like two weeks ago. Fury gosh, Road. that movie is so fucking good. It is. <sighs> I just turned it on and my wife's like, oh, we're watching this. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I, we are. Yeah, that's a, that's a known, you know, we're watching this. This, this is happening. And then, now. you know, we watched like three romantic comedies after that. But like, <laughs> not the same <laughs> night, but just like, you know, if I'm watching this, I gotta pay it. But in the end, you know, it's... The Fury Road is like a feminist movie, if you really think It really is, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think my wife could... She wouldn't. She wouldn't be able to handle that. Oh, really? It's so, so good. It's but so my good. gosh, that movie is just such a spectacle, and it's all shot in a damn desert. How can they make it look so incredible? No idea. In a desert, George Miller, man, the guy is just—he was going to do Justice League back in the day. I mean, I'd be interested to see what it, what he would have done. I mean, we have hints, but not not, not a lot. Yeah. But Ar- Army Hammer, as I mentioned earlier. He would have been a fun he was, Batman. He, was, uh, he would have been a fun Batman. He would have been a good one. I would have enjoyed but that. But, you know, I respect that you put it above Dark Knight. I disagree, That's but okay. I respect that you put it up there. 
it's okay. I'm always, I'm like Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. where he's like, new is always better. You have a little rem- uh, recency bias. Yes, yes, yes. I do. Because it's like, it's new. I've been waiting for this for like, what was when it, was like two and a half years? 2018 was supposed to be the original Ben Affleck directed Batman. Delayed, delayed. Matt Reeves, delayed. Batman, Ben's gone, you know? And yep. it's just like, we finally got it, and then COVID happened. I Not hate then, but COVID They slowly happened. pulled the knife out of the Ben Affleck one, because at first they, they said that he was only going to direct... Well, he was going to write, produce... Act and direct. Because he is a fanboy. Like, yeah. he's got a cave. He's he had his own bat cave, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they took that from him. And, and then just... they said, he's no longer writing it. And he's like, okay, well, he's still directing and acting it. No longer directing, no longer acting, no oh. longer producing. It was like one bing, bang, boom. Slowly. Off all of it. And I was like, mother effer, I can't believe they're doing this. Can't this believe is, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm pretty sure it was partly Ben was like, well, I. I don't know. He's had a lot of stuff happen in his life over the years, so... Yeah, I, I, I'd love to know a little bit behind the curtain as to what his approach was. Can you do, like, a, a Val movie? But like of him? That'd, yeah. That'd be good to know. Right? I mean, you see those interviews with him and, and Henry Cavill. <laughs> Sad Affleck. Darkness, my friend. <laughs> and you're just like, man, I guess you really didn't want to be there. He forgot to take his, his anti-depression meds you know, for the day. <laughs> he's, he's like... I forgot to pop my Xanax before I got on that interview, and I just, I just, it just all messed up. Oh, man. But I, yeah, I, I have to put it up there. I have to. It's just how I feel about it, because sometimes you like get a bat, you get a Batman that's not in the cowl very much, and you're like, this is doesn't feel like a Batman movie. And then sometimes it's like only in the cowl and you're like well I want to see some I want to see some Bruce Wayne doing right. some things to help his alter ego I want to see that that, that two sidedness and the only way that you really get all that is by watching the animated series and you get everything out of that well because they had how many seasons six there was quite a few you had an ability to do that so hopefully in this he's got a three year a three film deal and then he'll do two more they won't pull it out from under anything, and we'll complete it. Well, here's the question. Have you watched Superman and Lois? No. No. I originally didn't want to watch it, but after like just watching the first episode, I'm like, okay, you got me. Really? And a, a lot of it doesn't actually come from from watching him as Superman. A lot of it is like watching him be a parent. Because like after having kids... Everything in that show is completely relatable, 100%. And I didn't think I would care so much about that and have that be a factor of, like, why I would want to watch it. And I was honestly watching to watch him be Superman, and then I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of, like, family stuff in here. That's like Are his kids... They're teenagers. Do they have Superman-like powers? Yeah, that, I mean, that comes into play, yeah. So there's a lot about that in there. And there's a, there's a lot about one of them having powers, but the other one was supposed to, but doesn't. And I haven't watched the second season yet, because it's almost over, the second season. And um, I've been meaning to. And there's a lot in there. Boy, it's it's real good. Have you ever watched Stargirl? Oh, man. Boy, well, all, I got all some those. homework. 
yeah, Stargirl definitely is like really, really good. Like I didn't what, think what's, it was... What streaming service are you watching this on? Or is it just like... HBO Max. HBO Max? Yeah, Superman and Lois is back on HBO Max. It wasn't for a time, and now it's back. Stargirl, first season should be there too. Stargirl's in its second season. And I didn't think that I would like that one or it would be any good either. It's fantastic. Really. It was easy to watch. Not not terrible on like bad content or you know it was like consumable like completely consumable and it wasn't like overly campy and i feel like star girl is like better than some of the cw ones just because i feel like it takes a little bit more liberty or it had better writing like it wasn't like a villain of the week thing it was like a real story okay so that's how i feel like superman lois is it's not villain of the week it's like a real Arc. It's one. It's a. It, every season is a real arc, and same goes for Star Girl. They're real arcs. Where sometimes I'm like, I watched Arrow and I would watch The Flash, and I would be like, it's a lot of villain of the week sort of thing. Yeah. And I didn't feel like there's a real arc built into those seasons. Not that I don't think they're any good. I think they're. I think they're great. But it's like I want something that has a bigger story that it's carrying along. And if you have that advantage of going multiple episodes to build upon the story and to character development, go for it. Go for it. So yeah, I got some homework to do there. Yeah, Stargirl. I would give each of those two episodes. And if you don't like it, don't waste your time. Okay. Yeah, Superman and Lois. Definitely worth a watch. I'm gonna. I have seven on my list to watch. So. Yeah, you gotta watch seven. I also Maybe watch if your wife can't handle Mad Max Fury Run, she won't be able to handle seven. I'll tell you that much right now. That's okay. A lot of the <laughs> stuff I just watch in private on my on my own because yeah. I like I gotta educate myself. Right. Because sometimes people are like you've never seen this. You have to watch that. I'm like, if I get three people to tell me the same to watch that same movie, then I absolutely have to. I make myself a promise that I have to oh. watch it. So, I've heard Seven from the lips of a few other people, so now I have to watch it. Well, especially if the Batman is now your favorite Batman movie. Right. Like, it is so inspired by it. Like, you you need to watch it. And you'll watch it and be like, okay, I see what Matt Reeves is doing here. For sure. One of the other series that you probably have a hard time watching, even that I had some hard time watching, was uh, Doom Patrol. And I made it through two seasons. Man, it's really good. And a lot of it's heart-wrenching. Because it's like watching these mental patients try and deal with their inner demons as really effed up superheroes. Like, they're not really superheroes. They're just people with incredibly strange and dangerous abilities that have very dark, really, really effed up pasts. And they try to work through it. And so a lot of it's like, I'm like, at the end of the episode, I'm like crying. I'm like, that is so, that is so <laughs> what did I put myself through? It's so sad. I'm really glad and I'm really upset that I watched this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, we got Moon Knight coming up. That first episode's coming in like a couple of days. It's on the 30th, I think they said. So tell me, I always thought, and I haven't, you know, obviously we haven't seen it because it hasn't come out, but I haven't read a lick of Moon Knight. I thought Moon Knight was Marvel's answer to Batman, and that wasn't any cosmic sort of influence. I thought it was just a rich billionaire turned vigilante. But this clearly is... No. There's some sort of supernatural thing it's going really, on. It's really weird when, when you look at it, and it's... it's the, each of the stories, like when they do like a new run... Or, like, they have the New 52, then they have, like, the Golden Age, Silver Age, whatever. Each iteration's a little bit different, but the story is... 
He's originally is a mercenary. His name is Mark Spector. And he was originally a mercenary. Like, his start in the comics, he was a mercenary for this guy. And they go out, and they're, like, doing a job. They're, like, plundering a town. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. I hate doing this. I don't like what I'm doing. And I feel like all of this is wrong. So he betrays the guy. Um, the, the guy ends up trying to kill him. And when he does kill him, he's in this temple of an Egyptian god called Khonshu. And Khonshu is the lunar god of justice. Or, ven- sorry, vengeance. Sorry, okay. not justice. Not vengeance. vengeance. Yeah, the moon god of vengeance in in the in Egypt or in uh, Egyptian mythology, and so as he dies, as he's dying at the statue of Khonshu, the spirit of Khonshu then chooses him to be its avatar of vengeance. So, oh. so she the the Khonshu brings him back to life, gives him a new life, and even though in the in the first run of the comic. He doesn't get all of his tools and, and, and stuff from Khonshu. Later iterations, the reason that he has powers in a costume come from Khonshu. Like, he has enhanced strength, durability, fighting skill. Um, but his relationship to Khonshu also creates split personalities. So, he has one personality that's called Mr. Knight. Which he's like the guy in, he's like wearing like a white suit and the mask with the moon on it. Mm-hmm. He's like this intelligent, like billionaire weirdo. Oh my gosh, I can't even like explain it very well. Then he has one that's called um, Lockley. What's his name? He's like a cabbie. He's a driver. He's like a cab driver. He's like his like street level guy that he uses to like talk to criminals to find out information. He's like a you know like a, a CI, and uh, Jake Loxley. That's what it is. He like drives around in a cab. He doesn't have to, but once he finishes his mission in the desert after he's resurrected, he gets a lot of riches from his time spent in Egypt. You know, he finds tons of treasure which helps him make millions and he takes that back to the states with his he has a butler he has like a guy okay so there's the similarity he has a he has a woman and he uses his money to buy up incredibly powerful technology like he has like a glider that's like a shape like a moon he has a bunch of other tech that's similar to batman's like a grappling uh, grappling line, some he has some Eskrima sticks, he has some uh, moon battering type things. Yeah. So the, okay, so, so there's a lot of similarities for sure. It, do you think they're gonna try and follow that storyline, that origin story with Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight? From what I've seen, they are yeah. a lot of it, but they're telling more, a more original story about how he becomes Moon Knight, like. A lot of those elements, like him dying, being resurrected, being the avatar of the moon god of vengeance, and um, some of that stuff, all of those major pieces are going to be in there. They're probably just going to be arranged differently, and um, they're they're very obvious to me, focusing on the multiple personalities. So he has Stephen Knight, or is it Stephen Grant? Stephen Knight... Uh, Jake Loxley, and then you have Mark Spector. Mark Spector is supposed to be his original identity, and then apparently he like forgets his original identity because he's doing other things as Stephen Knight. He has like gaps in his memory. So yeah, the, those personalities don't interact with each other, 
And what's crazy is from what I learned from the other comics that he does, he assumes other identities as other Avengers and he gains some of their powers by assuming those identities. So like there's like a Spider-Man one where he like assumes like a Spider-Man identity where he gets like extra agility and stuff like that and ability to climb walls. Or, uh, Wasn't Captain he like a America. West Coast Avenger as well? So, yeah. So he's based out of... He's also, yeah, he's uh, he's based on some other other teams. I think he was supposed to, was he San Francisco or was he New York? I'm pretty sure he was actually New York. Oh really? Okay. But then he went West Coast. But it's from what I've seen, it's going to be spectacular. Well, I, I you know I should give these more because as you mentioned earlier, ever since the Infinity Saga kind of lapsed, I've only really given Spider Man credence to view. You know, one with having kids and also just kind of like. Man, just so much content to consume of all the uh, Disney Plus things. And we don't even want to go there because I haven't really consumed them. But I want to because I'm so, such a fan of the Infinity Saga. But the, I love Oscar Isaacs. I just watched Dune. Dude, that guy can do he's anything. He's so good. And so I might give that a shot for sure. I love Dune. Dune is so good. Yeah. Did you ever watch any of the older Dune films? The, the, the TV movie one? I watched the one, the original, one of the original ones that had um, James McAvoy. He was like in... James McAvoy? If you look in his filmography, you can look and he'll be in one of these older Dune films from the early 2000s. Was it like a sci-fi production or something like that? I think so. I think it was like a made-for-TV movie thing, but it's actually decent quality, but boy, it's, uh, it's something else. This new one, though. Just saw it. Wow. Fantastic. Deserves every six Oscars that it won the other night. Did you even know the Academy Awards was on Sunday, yesterday? I only found out about it and <laughs> when I heard about the slap. Oh, my gosh. When I heard about the slap. Isn't that great? You got... You shut your... Get your... Get my wife's words out of your effing mouth. Oh, my gosh. I mean... You slapped him. I agree with my what my wife said. I was like, he deserved to get slapped, but... Probably not during the middle of that's the thing. assault. I know <laughs> that's assault, and he—I mean—he didn't press charges because Chris Rock's a professional. However, I think if he was going to use anybody's, you know, as a joke in the audience, he probably should have cleared it before he got on stage. Oh, oh, Especially that, but but I he's mean, like, like, you see Will Smith, he's laughing, looks at his wife, she is super upset, and next thing you know, the guy's up on stage and slaps him. Like, just some of the hypocrisy that's going on in Hollywood is just like, we don't condone violence, and then boom, that happens, and then... Did you ever see the Oscar where Ricky Jervis got up, and he, like... He was that told, Golden Globes? Maybe it was the Golden Globes. He just told him. He just ripped... Loved it. He just ripped everybody, and he told some of the <laughs> awfulest things over that microphone, and I, I was like, it was the it. funniest damn thing I ever heard. I loved it, because they need to hear that. They're so two-faced. Exactly. Everybody was they like have, they're sour They're so expression. disconnected with the fan, and, and there was this moment, apparently it was cringeworthy, that there was like this, because they want to make it more fan interactive, right? There mm-hmm. was this moment of top five film moments. Did you hear about this? Mm-mm. And apparently there was like dead silence. So I'm going to give it an order, all right? Because the ratings, the Nielsen ratings of the Oscars is just like a steep Six Flags roller coaster, right? It is dropping like flies. Like, the peak was, you know, back in the day with Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, had like over 40 million people watching. Last night it was like 9.2 or something like that. Terrible. They're terrible ratings. They're super political. Nobody really wants to watch that. Because everybody just wants to read it on on digital afterward. 
I mean, it's, yeah, like, why do I need to sit three and a half hours? I'm not going to just read about it the next day. Tell, okay, tell me who won. Make it somewhat of a fun event or whatever. But they wanted to make it a fun event. They wanted to incorporate fans. So they had this, like, hashtag Oscar uh, fan moments. That, and so they were voted on these moments in film that were, like, fan-inducing, like, fanboy that really got them going. So number five was Bullet Time with Neo. Right. Okay. Oh, and the cheer, yeah, the cheerworthy. Yes, yes. Cheerworthy moments. That's so it. you know what this is? Yes, 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 yes. Number four was that. Dream Girls. I had never saw it, but yeah, apparently it was really yeah. powerful. Number three was Captain America. Assemble an Endgame. Great moment. Sure. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home with the three Spider-Mans. Number one. Was the Speed Force. Was the Speed Force. Was like... <laughs> I was like, oh. A movie that was not even released in theaters and it panned away to the audience. Everyone's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yes. They dude. don't know what it is because these fans are like, you don't get us. You don't understand what we want. And this is what we want. Nobody's like, probably never seen what that, maybe they have, but they didn't. Oh, there's probably like three people in that audience that have probably loved ever it, watched loved that, it. that part. I don't agree with the ranking, but I think it was so fun. That was a great scene. Don't oh my gosh, wrong. that was such a good scene. Great scene. But I don't think it's above bullet time. I don't think it's above Avengers Assemble. Probably not even above the Spider-Man No Way Home. And I don't even I mean, know it, how, like... And Is this of all time or just in this century? Because how does, like, Luke... No, I am your father, not up there. Like... Oh, right, right, like, yeah. I, How is that not there? So I don't know if it was just trolls on the internet, like, we're just going to do superhero movies. Oh, it's like a hacker goes in there and is like... <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the Oscars, man, they just kind of... They don't... They don't ever... Those really, really popular movies, like, you, they're not getting the respect that they deserve. It's cool to see Dune get it because it's, you know, a science fiction film, which usually doesn't do well at, at, at the Oscars, but Denis Villeneuve is just amazing. But that artist, the artistry and the cinematography mm -hmm. and the effects and just how it all looks, it's just like how absolutely. He He's a beautiful director. I, was like, it's I don't know how involved he is in the director of principal photography. Uh, He's got like the best guys in the business. Uh, what, what do they call it? DP, whatever. Because I feel like Zack Snyder makes beautiful films. There are obviously glaring moments and points in his storytelling that are problematic for me. But he makes a one heck of a beautiful movie. He sure does. Same thing with Denis Villeneuve, but Denis like, has a great story behind it as well. Like 2049... Blade Runner 2049 was beautiful. Dragged I actually, on a I actually bit. haven't watched it yet. If you like the original Blade watching? Runner. Did you like the original Blade Runner? Yeah. Then I would say yeah. It's long. Okay. It's two, <laughs> two hours and 45 minutes. Blade Runner 2049. Um, but that was a big criticism of it is that it's too long. But if you like moments that just breathe, that's a good one to watch. Arrival. I'm all about spectacle. Did really. you see Arrival? That's that uh, one with Amy Adams, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the alien film. That's also Denis Villeneuve. Amazing. I did not expect that. Really? Like, it earned every bit of like... It was nominated for Best Picture, and it was really good. So, highly recommend that. I don't know how we got there, but um, I think it was maybe Oscar Isaacs in Dune. Oscar Isaac. I trust him. I, I'll, I'll watch Moon. Well, him... I, I also trust in that same vein I also like Timothy Chalamet yeah that kid he he's he's just like a star man he's I love, talented I love watching that kid and I'll be honest I hadn't 
no intention of ever watching Little Women. Was he in it? Yeah, but I watched it. My my wife had it on, and I hate being as ADD as I am and being so easy to please. But I just like sat down and I watched it. And I'm like, damn, that kid can act. <laughs> damn, so good. And you know what? I actually found the Adam Project to be a fantastic movie. Did you hear Is about that, that Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, that Ryan Reynolds and one. Mark Ruffalo. Easily one of the most fun watch, fun to watch movies I've I've had in a long time. Just because it hit that sweet spot of of being like, this is what I remember being like watching movies as a kid that were like sci-fi oriented. Like what it's like to watch Tron as a kid, or what it's like to watch Flight of the Navigator or Explorers mm-hmm. or any of those childhood films that kind of like make you think about the beyond and then think about like time travel or like watching back to the future, that kind of feeling of like wonder about it. And it's like, you just brought my childhood back. Adam project. Yeah. Okay. The Adam project. Got it. I, I mean, it's, it's not super long. It's pretty well contained and it's, it's funny. It's fun to watch. Is Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds in it? He's, you know, he's like himself in every movie. He, he does, is. Right? Is he different in this one or is he? No, he's, he's himself. He's himself. All right. Well, I know we got off on a number of tangents. I know we <laughs> covered probably a lot of extra things that probably didn't need to be covered in that episode. However, this is where I have to cap things. This is where I have to end this episode. However, we will get back to more coming up in our next episode. We will be covering Spider-Man No Way Home in more brevity, to be assured. We'll cover a few other things, but look forward to our next episode coming up soon. It should be back-to-back with the first one. So we'll talk to you soon, and this is the uh, Well-Rounded Nerd signing out. See ya.